Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Hello everybody, welcome to a very special episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is, well, it's fuck you Boris Johnson Day, because he's just slopped out of Downing Street like a last night's kebab, and um, <laughs> to celebrate, we're, um, we're recording with all four of us, and it is our very special top 10 matches of 2022 so far. We're all here. Aaron's somewhere. Troy's over there, and Jay's over there. So, hi guys. How's it going? Hello, mate. Hello. Good. Hi. Good man. We're it's all a... together. All together again. Un- unlike the Conservative government. We. Oh, I've, I've got loads, lads. Don't worry. <laughs> it's going to be a long episode. <laughs> comes into fucking use, doesn't it, mate? Yep. Putting that, putting that degree to real good use. This, this is what it was for. Hashtag Boris out. Let's go. I mean, he's it done, mate. He's out. Well, good. Ish, ish. Yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna linger done. around, <laughs> like you know when you, you know when you leave the clothes in the washing machine, they go a bit funny. He's, oh, he's, he's gonna, gonna make his mark and piss all over the walls. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, he's uh, taking the Vince McMahon strategy of going. I am resigning. I am stepping down, but I'm still there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to be in the office day to day, but I am definitely stepping down. Yeah. Boris is still in creative control. Yes. Oh, down the street, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can't wait till, um, till Dominic Raab and Seven Javid have like a hot dog eating contest and one of them throws up all over the uh, cabinet room. <laughs> he won't want that wallpaper afterwards. Fuck, this is not, this is not a political <laughs> podcast. Fuck me. Let's, <laughs> let's get onto the wrestles. But the only podcast. We're but, talking about his back politics. But before we move on, fuck the Tories. Oh yeah, fuck, fuck the Tories. Tories. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is the only correct one when it comes to all this. <laughs> um, right, yeah, so yeah, this is our top 10 matches of 2022 so far. We're, we're approximately halfway through the year. I mean, does time even have any meaning now in a, in a post-lockdown world? But yeah. if, it, if, if it does, then we're probably about halfway through the year. Uh, we're trying a slightly different format this year which hopefully might make things a little bit smoother and a little bit less of us kind of scrambling around desperately looking for matches to fill in gaps and then talk about so yeah let us know if you prefer it this way or if you liked it the old way where we just genuinely seem confused for the entire time but yeah we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes <laughs> how's, so, how's it going to work then? so what we're going to do we're going to start off with uh, all of us going to look at our honourable mentions um, and then but if, you, if, you, if we've got one of the honourable mentions on our list we're going to keep quiet like a top tier Among Us player that we all are and um, and not say anything, not give anything away, and right. then we're going to go ten to one individually. But then, as soon as we announce a match, if anyone else has got it higher on their list, we're going to uh, park it until it gets to them. So it's it's a nice way of like building suspense. So the match that's mentioned early on that you're really hype on, and you can't wait to hear us four dickheads give our opinion on it. We're going to just tease you and and, like, and sort of you know build up the suspense, and then we're finally going to give it to you right at the end. This would be a good test of people's poker face, won't it? 
Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. only at the start. Like, once, like, if, if, like, someone says my favorite match of the year was QT Marshall versus someone, and then uh, we, uh. we at least someone else has got that on their list, then um, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll say, oh, yeah, I've got that higher up, and then we'll just come back to it later. Which, so all you QT If players, anyone's got a QT Marshall on their list, you'll see me with a bit of sick of me being. All you QT stands, all three of you, just strapping. We get a lot of those, please. Who knows? I myself. So, shall we go in alphabetical order, just for, for a change? Sure. So, Aaron, do you want to lead us off with your honourable mentions then, please, mate? Uh, I only have the one, but I'm assuming someone else is going to have it. Uh, GCW Bloodsport on the 31st of March. John Moxley and Biff Busick. Is an honourable mention. I actually, I probably would have put that on my list because I haven't seen all of it. I've seen, like, the bit at the end where Moxley, like, does actual murder, but... Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Uh, just one. That's 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 worryingly restrained for you, mate. I'm, I'm quite concerned. Just uh, one. I mean, just I could one. I could have gave you about ten other GCW matches if you wanted. I mean, it, I really your, is, if I'm is, honest. Your, is your top ten also all GCW matches? No, no, it's chance. not. It's not. <laughs> you haven't got that one where Hoodfoot got stabbed, have you? No, <laughs> no, that match only lasted a minute and a half. Oh, it wasn't long enough. It doesn't <laughs> count. <laughs> if it went twenty, then fair play. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was in the date range for the criteria, though, so we could have. <laughs> uh, right then, I'll, I'll go next. Then, as, as is dictated by the room, the Latin alphabet, or the, the Roman alphabet. Um, thank you, Julius Caesar. Uh, I've got ten because yeah, there was a lot of really good matches in the first half of the year. Um, so I mean, I'm not going to go into them. I'll just list them. Real quick, I've got MGF versus CM Punk in the dog collar match, Revolution. That was a banger. Uh, Wardlow putting the ring down. It was a big moment. Uh, Brian Danielson versus John Moxley at Revolution again, the one where Regal came out and slapped the shit out of them at the end, which was just lovely. Uh, Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson on the 5th of January, just sneaking in at the start of the year. That was the one where uh, Page won after the 60-minute time limit draw. Yeah, uh, Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara TNT title ladder match just for that cutter, and also it was Cody's last match in AW before he went back to the A, which mm-hmm. was a nice, nice way to finish. Nice way to leave it off. Um, another Sammy match: Sammy Guevara, Andrade, El Idolo, and Darby Allen in a three-way match on Rampage because they just said fuck it, let's just put a banger on Rampage. And obviously, those three guys are having a great time. Uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, a cage match, St. Patrick's Day Slam. Uh, only. Thing I think it was, it wasn't quite as good as the um, lights out. Lights out, actually, had the year before because right. nothing was ever going to be better than that. But it was still phenomenal. Britt Baker falling onto all of the chairs was was great. Uh, Kyler Riley versus Ray Phoenix, uh, Dynamite on the eighteenth of May. Ray uh, Kyler Riley or Ray Phoenix is great, but Kyler Riley's just putting an amazing run on before he got injured. Like his matches with Samoa Joe and this one with Phoenix, he was absolutely phenomenal. And the match against Derby at the pay per view. Uh, Hangman Page versus Kenoki Takeshita on Dynamite the 18th of May. Uh, a match so good that Hangman called him back in the ring to shake his hand afterwards. Um, which was phenomenal. Really, really good fun. Um, just sneaking in on just onto the um, just onto the, the honorable mentions, Blood and Guts, because it was just hilariously bonkers. Like Angelo Parker just hanging upside down, like bloody crucified Jesus. <laughs> it was just incredible visuals. It was so much fun. Um, the last one, uh, one that me and Jay, and I think, were you here for this, Troy? I think you were. Um, Big fucking Joe versus Cameron Solis at TNT, Dead or Alive 2002. Um, we saw this live in Liverpool. Um, 
Cameron Solis did a his his now customary moonsault off a bar. Um, Big F and Joe just made him bleed all of the blood, which was fun. Make him bleed. He so, was smashing light tubes over people in the crowd. Yeah, as you do. Everybody, it, it, literally everybody, it, got covered in glass. I, I, I've never seen health and safety be violated so badly. Say, man, health and safety would have had a fucking field day if they were there. This was like one of the first shows they've done, like without proper COVID restrictions as well. So it literally went from yeah. social distancing and masks to here is all of the blood and glass all over everybody <laughs> in your and face. Second match on card as well. Uh, yeah, and they're like, in the crowd, fucking doing lunacy. It's good, good match. Like that, yeah, man. Hey, right, Jay, do you want to give us your honourables? Yeah. So two, I've got two from TNT at a show that Troy was there. Uh, both from TNT Thrill Kill on March the 10th. Um, two very, very different matches. Clip Margera versus Alex Cologne in the title unification uh, death match um, for the TNT Extreme title. And is, is it the GCW Extreme title as well, Aaron? Yeah, it was. Well, no, it's, uh, GCW uh, Ultra Violent Tale. Don't talk about the Extreme title. That's a PCO one. That's not. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't remember which was which. <laughs> um, yeah, it was fucking bonkers. Uh, there was a spot where. Clint jumped off the balcony in fusion, which isn't that high, but the ceiling's very low. Um, through a door covered in tam- uh, thumbtacks. Um, there was a lot of blood, a lot of violence, and it was just a really cool moment. And they're, they're doing a really good job building up to the rematch of that at the GCW weekend. The other one was uh, Gene Money versus Scotty Too Hearty, um, just because it was really fun. And it was the, it was possibly like, one of the most fun wrestling matches I've been in the crowd for in a long time. Um, next, uh, I've got Swear vs. Karen Noir from Progress. I choose you, choose you. Um, this was just awesome. It was actually me and Troy were at this show for this, but it was actually better watching it back, like on the network. You could see like kind of like little facial things, like uh, Swear was doing and stuff like that. But yeah, really fun match. Um, also, shout out from that card to Cal Newman versus Danny Black versus Joe Lando versus Maverick Mayhew. Uh, ten minute um, fatal four way. It was absolutely fucking insane. Um, I also got to Keston and Hangman and Blood and Guts as big tasty said. Uh, one that didn't just barely didn't make my list was um, Bucks versus FTR two as well from Dynamite on April the sixth. Uh, and I, the only reason that didn't make my list was because another match happened that week that kind of overshadowed it for me. Uh, and the other one was um, Charlie Dempsey versus Chris Ridgway from Super Strong Style 16 Day 2. Uh, you all know I like people kicking the shit out of each other and technical stuff, and it was all of that. Oh, and final one, sorry, I just I gloss over that. Uh, Cash Wheeler versus Dax Harwood in the own heart tournament. Um, just a really, really fun match. Sweet. Nice. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot about the cash, uh, the cash tax one and the, the build. That was great as well, wasn't it? They really did a fantastic job of making it seem massive. Which was, yeah. Which was awesome. Uh, right, then, Troy, five days. <laughs> right, Troy, give us your honourable mention, simply, mate. Oh, there's one or two in here that you might think are glaring emissions from a top ten, but I, I will explain my reasons later on, uh, or maybe as I'm going through. Uh, CM Punk versus MJF, uh, dog collar match. Uh, Jonathan Gresham versus Kara Noir from the Progress 10th anniversary show for the Progress and uh, Ring of Honor Championship. Lucha Brothers. That wasn't versus... that. Yeah, it was. 
No, it wasn't. You sure? Karen Wall Ilya was the 10th anniversary show. Oh, it was. What was that oh. from? Uh, oh, Dodge, Dick, Dodge, Dip, Duck, Dive and Dodge. That was it. It's from that one. It was it was on the same week or around about the same week, I think, because they've got about five shows that week. It all felt like one. Um, Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks from Rampage on June 4th or 5th or something. That, that weekend of wrestling was silly looking at my list here. <laughs> uh, Will Ospreay versus uh, Michael Oku from what was it? Uh, Rev Pro High Stakes for the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship, um, and Akada versus Osprey from Wrestle Kingdom 16. My honourable mentions. Sweet. Uh, right. Should we get into the into the main event? Um, into the meat of it. The top tens. Uh, so just, I don't know how everyone else just sort of criteria was how they sort of built their list what I did I just so because the reason I've got 10 on revengeance I just wrote down my favorite 20 matches and then I tried to move 10 up into like the number spots and it gave me like severe sadness because I, I, <laughs> a lot of the really good ones ended up on that bottom like that bottom bracket but I think the, the, the ones we've got in the in the rarefied uh, uh, certified bangers hmm. and all of Aaron's uh, backyard nonsense as well. So we'll Whoa, uh... wow, wow. You can't just <laughs> throw that. Hey, hey, listen, mate, listen. GCW Backyard Wrestling was Monday, so I couldn't make the fucking list. Yeah. So the end of the year. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> no, you worry, Aaron. I've got your back Hi. on the side. <laughs> right. Well, Aaron, it's going to be you first, mate. So hit me with your number 10, please, buddy. Uh, I'm actually going to the WWE main roster for my number 10. Uh, the... For anyone listening, I'm making the shocked Pikachu face. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, do the... we just before you carry on? What do we do? If someone mentions it, and someone else has it higher on the list. So, I have to well, wait. When, when, when he says this is my number ten, he'll then say, right. "Anyone else have this on the list?" And if okay. one of us does, we'll say so. All right. There we just wait until until that comes up later on, and then yeah. we all speak about it. Uh, right. Uh, WWE Hell in a Cell on the fifth of June. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. That's higher up on my list. Right, there you go. Sound? Okay, we'll, we'll park that. We'll speak about it later now. on. Aye. Right, uh, so then for my number 10, then I will have Kings of the North versus La Rebellion from TNT going off big time 2022. Anyone? No, I didn't know. I mean, it's only Jay who saw it. So. I'm, I'm the only <laughs> <one who's... laughs> so, uh, yeah. this, this was just um, brilliant. It barely made my own mentions. This was just brilliant. I mean, Kings of the North are one of the most underrated tag teams working in the UK at the moment, I think. Uh, La Rebellion, I'd never seen before. I know you've probably seen them on NWA before, haven't you, Jay? I've seen them about, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they. I mean, they, I know I know. Ghost sort of splits opinion here, but they came out to like a ghost song with like literally dressed as like satanic popes in like like full pope gear with like oh, skull faces. Oops. It was a fucking awesome Troy entrance. In the end. Yeah. I saw the entrance. Yeah, you popped the clips over. Yeah, it was yeah the entrance, entrance was... Like, straight from the entrance, it felt like an, an, a massive match. Um, mm. And it was really good fun. It was loads of, like, super... Like, Kings of the North are really good at, like, big double-team moves. Like, they've got that sort of beer money sort of... Um, sort of thing about them where they just everything they do is like super smooth and it looks like it really hurts um la rebellion even though i think swallow was getting on a bit now because he had a bit of gray in his in his whiskers he, he they, they can fucking go they're like grease lightning um they did a big old and this was so this was for the tnt and the nwa tag titles and they did a bloody 
fake out where they had Kings of the North win in dubious circumstances and then they restarted and La Rebellion picked up the win to capture both belts. Uh, it was really good fun, super entertaining and yeah, just solid, excellent tag match and that's my number 10. Nice. Yeah, very good match. Um, my number 10 was Kazuchika Okada versus Shingo Takagi at Wrestle Kingdom 16 day one. Anyone got that? Nope. No. Um, so this was literally a toss-up for me between Akada and Shingo and Akada and Willos, right? And I rewatched both matches. Uh and it was just it literally just come down to personal preference on the day of me watching them both. Um because I watched them kind of like back to back. Um real hard hitting, uh, just Akada doing Akada things, Shingo doing th- Shingo things. It, it told a really good story of like kind of because Akada hadn't won the uh, IWGP World Heavyweight title since losing it to Kenny Omega. So he come he come out with the old IWGP uh, belt. Uh, Shingo came out with the new one, and then Akada eventually beats him. Um, as I say, just like a really nice starting point on this story. And then obviously the next day, the last kind of piece of the puzzle was Will Osprey. So it kind of like led into led into that as well. Uh, but yeah, it was just a really really good. Stat. What you'd expect from like a Wrestle Kingdom main event, as, as a lot of people say as well, and I, I agree with them. I think Okada has like the best last three minutes of a wrestling match in, out of anybody alive. Yeah, and th- this was no exception. It was, it was very, very like just hard hitting, fast paced, counting each other's finishes, kicking out of each other's finishes uh, for the, like the last like five minutes of the match. Sweet. And uh, Shingo, obviously, the first time I really saw Shingo properly was at Forbidden Door. And like, like I said on the podcast, he he did a move that made me literally stop listening to Sarah, who was talking to me, and just say, oh, fuck, like <laughs> really, really loud. Um, and he said he wants to come back and work with Mox for the TNT for the AW title. So that'll, that'll fucking slap on it. So, yeah. I'm a big yeah, fan of really, Shingo. Yeah. Yeah, the really good feud that Park and Dragon Gate like 10, 15 years ago. There's a match with him on... Um, Wrestling against Brody Lee and Dragon Gate USA, which is fucking banging as well. He is a um, certified I- dude with attitude. <laughs> I wasn't aware really of Shingo is. up until what, maybe two years ago, and we sat up and watched Wrestle Kingdom. And I remember Jay, you were you were raving about him. And I don't remember. Oh, it was for the Never Open Weight. It was him and Jeff Cobb. If you like hostages, him and Jeff Cobb, but fucking life. watch that. That was good. Oh yeah, that that was my first introduction to Shingo, and from then on, I was like, yeah, I like this guy. Mm. I really want Shingo versus Pentagon. It feels like Shingo is one of those guys who's like he's really getting his flowers now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Like this year in particular. Yeah. Which is lovely yeah, to see. Uh, right then, Troy, your number 10 then, please, mate. Uh, where's my list? Uh, number 10. Like comes from NXT 2.0, Aaron. Oi, oi. It's, hey. the, it's the North American uh, Championship ladder match from NXT Stand and Deliver uh, on Wrestle- <coughs> WrestleMania weekend. It was Cameron Grimes, Carmella Hayes, Grayson Waller, Santos Escobar and Solo Sokoa. Um, it's a ladder match. Like, what's not to like? Um, I know, Jay and, and, and Ben, you don't watch NXT 2.0 all that much, if at all. Um, but at the moment, this. yeah. They, these were the, the, these are, still are the kind of guys that are around that kind of mid-card picture on, on the cusp of, of the championship picture. I was going to um, say, amazingly, all of these guys are still employed in the company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it was just, it was a really fun match. The, the, just to say, the way I've kind of done my top 10 is 
more in terms of like investment of story and stuff like that and and how much i've kind of followed it um there are a couple on there where they're not so much like what i've followed story-wise and just more so for a spectacle or entertainment but this is more so because it was ladder match it's always fun they're four five six whatever my favorite guys uh to watch in nxt um it was just really fun it was it was the opener as well of the the main show um Cameron Grimes and Carmelo Hayes are the only two that got an entrance. Weirdly, it was it was a really weird, abrupt start to it. It's just um, typical NXT style. I true, don't know true. what what what's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it had everything. It had your, your mental high spots and stuff like that. Like Grayson Waller took a nasty bump where he looked like he, he fucked his wrist up at one point. Um, there was all the interference you'd usually get interference from Legado, uh, Trick Williams, uh, Sanger, who at the time was kind of associated with Grayson Waller. Um, yeah, just a really, really fun ladder match. A great opener. It kind of reminds me, it's not not on the same level, but it reminds me a little bit of the was the Intercontinental title match at Mania a few years back where it was like Zack Ryder, Ziggler, uh, Brian, Brian, like Luke Harper. Yeah, like just that kind of like that big hot opener to a... That, that to a guy named Stardust. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, well, when, we, when we previewed this, because I, I think I was on... Uh, the Tom Clarks or the news with you, and we said it felt very much like they were trying to, you know, in a sort of loving way, sort of pay homage to the original North American title ladder match. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Which is still one of the very best. Um, but yeah, it was a cool match. Really good. Really, really fun. Um, I think I even said it was my my match of the, the night for Stand and Deliver. So yeah, that's, uh, that's my yeah, it, was, it was probably the best match of WrestleMania weekend, to be fair, mate. I mean, yeah, there's that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Um, right then, Aaron, your name is number nine, please, dude. I'm going to stick with NXT 2.0 and yeah. I'm going to stand and deliver uh, Braun Breaker versus Dolph Ziggler for the NXT title. Of course, Ziggler made it my, in there. My Gasp. boy. Gasp. Shockingly, mate, I don't think anybody will have this on their list. <laughs> uh, I'd like to just say this is horror for my list. Hey. It's not. It's nice. It's in balls. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was a choice of two. It was either this match or the Triple Freight, which has Champ on it as well. Mm. Uh, it was a it was a toss between one of the two. Uh, this match, it, Ziggler got to show that he was good again. Uh, we finally got to see him back at his peak, his best, we'll say. Uh, and Braun Breaker, he's probably one of the he's he's the biggest star in NXT. He's probably one of the better wrestlers in NXT, like as in strength and power style, like powerhouse. Uh, yeah, I was rough and tumble. Uh, Ziggler selling the shit for everything. Love it. Is this yeah. the one where Ziggler won as well? Uh, no, he won in the triple threat. He retained the title in yeah. this one. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. He didn't like, yeah. I, when I saw this match, I was like, oh, Braun's going to fucking murder him like that. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't, and, and it was like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> On, like, just win it back, like, just in a way, like, reckoning it, didn't he? Like, on he, the road he, after. they literally won it at the raw the night after. It, yeah. it was, it was literally like they just reckoned the whole thing, uh, just like, yep, it get out. When, when they were asked, it was like, So, why has Bro Breaker got a title shot? Oh, he just impressed us last night, so he's getting another shot. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's almost like Vince saw the result on the NXT show and was like, Well, no, fucking fix this shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, it was perfect, like. I, I always like me and Aaron speak about it quite a lot on NXT when you get one of the, the main roster guys that comes over and it almost gives them 
some of them like a little bit of a kind of career resurgence to kind of remind you of how good they were. Others, it's just nice as like a rub for star power. So they've had AJ Styles there. He was with that feud with Grayson Waller and a bit of kind of rubber star power. For Ziggler, I think it was a little bit of both. It was that rub of like, here's the main roster guy going against, you know, the, the, the NXT's kind of biggest guy, but also a lot of people forget how good Ziggler is when he's given the chance. And this brief spell that he was there, and it was it was only about a month at most, maybe five weeks or so. That whole thing around the title picture in NXT with Braun and and, and Champa, everyone was just like, kind of reminded it, of how good he was. It wasn't like Mandy Rose or that either, where he's just constantly on the TV. Yeah. He had one one segment, maybe two at a push, and that was it. It was yeah. fantastic. I think it yeah, was important great. for Braun as well, wasn't it? Because like after Champa like sort of moved out, there was no one else established. Yeah. In NXT, like in the men's, yeah. in like the main event scene, so like, well, and they've now built up like Cameron Grimes, Grayson Waller as, as threats. They had, they had, they literally have to bring someone down to like yeah. to, almost to put him over to, to give him like to make him seem like a big deal. So if he's yeah, just yeah. if he's just annihilating jobbers, then you know what's the point. Mm. But yeah, it was yeah, yeah, who's better at doing the job than Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> and he won this one, and he won yeah. it as well. And he won it, yeah. That's another, another title for him to tick off the list. Good lad. Grand Slam Dolph, it's, it's happening. Grand Slam Dolph. <laughs> Grand Slam 22. Uh, right then, I'll go for number nine. Um, it's one that has been mentioned earlier in, a, in an honorable mentions. I got the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks, AEW Rampage, the 3rd of June. Wow. Anybody else? No. It's in my honorable mentions. I, I, I saw it was yeah when you were when you were, when you were stumbling on the date, I was like, don't say anything, don't say anything. <laughs> um, I mean, this was great. So this was the Young Bucks like big homecoming show, and it was like they, they said like there was a, a bit on like BTE where they were actually like out of character, where they said like they very specifically wanted to work the Lucha Bros because they're their favorite tag team to work with. They have the best matches with them, they have the best chemistry with them, as we saw last year in the cage match, um, you know, and yeah, these guys. As, as as Nick Jackson said mockingly last night on Dynamite, four and a half stars is an off night for the Young Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah, this I mean, this just absolutely fucked. It's I mean, I, I can try and describe. I won't even try and describe this boss to you. It was just if you just imagine in your head what a Young Bucks Lucha Bros match is in front of like a red hot California crowd that hasn't seen the Young Bucks live for like two years. And then after the match, um, I think it's Matt goes into the crowd and up to like the, one of the boxes and like hangs out with his kids, which is awesome. It's really, really fun and nice. Love to see that. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, that's number nine. Jay? Sweet. There's a potential this might be higher in your list, Big Tiffy. Um, I've gone for on skate to catch the vest, Lee Moriarty, Prestige Wrestling on the 18th of June. That is higher up on my list. I thought it might yeah. be. Damn. Nice. Right, Troy? Uh, I'm going to go to Progress, Chapter 128, Technique, uh, which was in Manchester at the O2 Ritz. Uh, this was this was my first ever Progress show, uh, and what a fucking show it was. There were a number of matches on this that could have made it into my top 10. Um, however, the one that did make it in uh, is Spike Trevay versus Luke Jacobs of Northwest Strong. Does anyone else have that? Have you no, but I, I nearly put it in my honourable mentions. Yeah. It was really good. The um, the build-up of the match basically was um, Spike just kind of shitbagging, as he always does, shitbagging his way to victory um, for, for weeks and months previous to that. Uh, and him and Luke Jacobs had a match um, where he low-blowed Jacobs in order to get the win. He thought he'd down Jacobs. Jacobs got back up, beat the piss out of him. 
uh, and just said, and fight you again. And this time it's an ODQ, which then led to this match. Um, it was great. It was typical Spike Gervais, just shit hours in the crowd. Um, he, he tells tells Simon, uh, the, the ring announcer, um, that the crowd aren't invited to his party. And it is, I think this is just off the back of the whole, like Boris Johnson, like party at Downing Street thing, like kind of broke out. So very, very on brand. Um, it was great, really good. Like Luke Jacobs just came out like a, a man possessed, just wanted to beat the piss out of Spike Trevay. Um, and then after that kind of early onslaught, it was just Spike the whole time. Um, like launches his face uh, into, like, sorry, launches a chair into his face at the start. Um, Death Valley driver for a load of chairs. Um, uses uh like it's like he takes his belt off spike does uses like his belt buckle and like gouges him in the eye um the crowd then start chanting like fuck the tories spike starts dancing along to that and just playing up to the crowd um but really good just some really vicious nasty spots um there's a really good uh sunset flip attempt uh like that went from uh i think it's from the top rope through some tables that looked absolutely vicious uh, it was a pile driver off the apron by Luke Jacobs um, through some tables. I remember we were at that show, Jay, and went absolutely fucking ballistic for that. Um, I don't know if you're about me, Aye, you have. Um, and then there was the the, the spot where uh, Spike gets the, the big bag of thumbtacks, which has also got the lemon juice in it as well. Um, and you think that Spike's going to kind of get him with it initially and he doesn't. And, and Luke Jacobs forces Spike to drink the lemon juice. And as he turns his back, as Spike suplexes him onto the tax and just spits the juice out on his back. Um, and then it ends in submission. And I didn't realize like a lot of Spike's like moves are named after like kind of very Tory kind of like upper middle class kind of sounding things. So he's got a submission called Ascot and that's what he finished him with. And it was fucking gold. Um, but yeah, just that was my first progress show. Uh, it's the first time I've seen Spike in quite a while. It's my first time seeing uh, Luke Jacobs in a match as well, and it was thoroughly enjoyable. So that's uh, that's my number nine. Let me move on. Luke Jacobs, he's the guy who won the Atlas Tournament, isn't he? Yeah, Correct, yeah. So he's having a good year. He is having a he's good year. Basically, what if Walter was born in Manchester? Yeah, what if Walter was like raised on gravy? He's like, <laughs> like a proper like old school like wrestling football, not like more. <laughs> He's like the he's love child of Stan Hansen and fucking Walter. <laughs> yeah, he, he gives me Stan Hansen vibes, actually. With a bit, of, with a bit, with a bit of Fred Dibner thrown in there as well. Fred <laughs> He's got a big fucking lariat, which is very <laughs> reminiscent of Stan Hansen. Sweet. Uh, right then, Aaron, your number eight then, please, mate. My number eight, is our first GCW man. For anyone who's taken a shot every time Aaron mentions GCW, I'm so sorry. Ah, <laughs> oh, I might play Centurion. Let me get a shot back. Stab right noise. GCW, GCW, GCW. Right. Is your whole top ten just a fucking collective weekend? No. Apart no. from number nine or number ten. Apart no. from the first two matches you picked that up both in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Number eight it is WrestleMania weekend. Funnily enough, that you've mentioned it. Um, Spring Break Part Two. Minoru Suzuki versus Effie. Yeah. Effie kissed Minoru Suzuki on the lips. That's all I need to say. Daddy, daddy, <laughs> like, daddy likes it. He, he oh. also asked him to chop him harder and called him a pussy as well. Oh, <laughs> honestly, if, 
that's a dream match I never thought I'd wanted in my life, and I got to watch it, and it was fantastic. Oh. It was it was worth it just for the post that somebody made on the internet of like Minoru Suzuki holding Effie on a lead. It's less than 10 minutes. It's a fantastic match of just Effie oh, being Effie and Suzuki being Suzuki. I love it. Love I mean, it. Suzuki's done a lot of those matches this year where he just doesn't fuck about. He just gets in, like hurts people and gets out. And it's like, yeah, this is fine. It's eight minutes. It's like that um that Brock Goldberg match from Mania a few years back. Like they don't fuck about. They just get into, they just get straight into like the stake and yeah, just yeah. fucking get it done. Just spam your yeah. finishes. No one's no one's <laughs> doing your salad at the side of the table. There's no way to meat. Just fucking have it and off you go. Hard off that salad. <laughs> no, I. He enjoyed that much myself. I, I never, I never thought I'd see Suzuki let anyone kiss him. Never, never mind fucking Effie. I so, mean, there you go. In in twenty twenty two, like few things break wrestling to Twitter. But that, but when that match was announced, like wrestling community online had a fucking meltdown. It was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. Um, right, awesome. All uh, right, I will go for my number eight. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure this is a safe one that no one else is going to have. Um, Alexis Falcon versus Harley Hudson at Wrestle Island. This is the way. No one else fucking saw it, so you best not have it on your list. Um, <laughs> right. So just for an, just to give you an idea, Alexis Falcon is like she's basically becoming like the mainstay of like the Northwest women's wrestling scene. She's the TNT. Um, women's champion going to this. She was the Wrestle Island women's champion, so she's basically had like a stranglehold on like the women's title scene up in the northwest. Not not in like a, a Triple H way, but in like a she's like the best ever since like uh, Lizzie Evo started getting booked onto um, NXT UK and stuff like that. So she's sort of taken over the mantle almost. And then they, they had an excellent series in TNT last year. Harley Hudson is like depressingly nineteen and is like one of the real like up and comers uh, local talents from Liverpool. Um, like scouse as fuck she's basically Lizzie but without like the sort of glammy makeup she's all like pink hair she looks like um, I, I saw this match with Faye and Matthew and Faye described her as basically wrestling Tinkerbell <laughs> and for most of this match Alexis just beats the shite out of her like she, she's like she's virgin on like so this is, I think caught a bit off guard because she came out like for the big Disney entrance cause it was, like a Disney team show Alexis big Disney fan and she came out and she just got fucking booed out the building because everybody was there for Harley and I think she had like a, it was almost like Rock Hogan she had to like adjust a little bit during the match and like she started working a bit heel and she just like laid the fucking smack down on her and then Harley just like would not go down she just kept kicking out kept kicking out and then eventually hit her finisher and Harley won to become the new wrestling champion it was like it was it was like a legitimate like massive pop the crowd was hot as fuck it was an awesome moment it felt like a bit like a passing of the torch in a way um and it was it was so so cool uh there was like a big emotional like sort of celebration at the end of the match this was the first match on the card as well they opened with this and the crowd were were just nuclear for it it was great awesome that sounds good that sounds that sounds like so we need to try and find i need to i need to get to a wrestle island show they're so good and they're so cheap it was a tenner to go in for like three hours of wrestling damn Nice, Ben. Nice. All right, then, Jake, um, you're on a eight, please, man. Uh, you mentioned that in your honourable honorable mentions, uh, Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson from AW Dynamite on January the 5th. Does anybody yeah. have it? Anyone got the sign? No. no so, it's not garbage wrestling, so no. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of blood, though. Um, yeah, there was. I, I've 
loved the like the first match where he went like the hour and he did the draw. And obviously they had like the judges in the crowd and it was all like weighted for like people who would obviously support Brian Danielson. Um, Danielson had gone like embraced his heelness at this point. He was full piece of shit, Brian Danielson heel. Um, and he was, he was kind of like the whole, the whole build to the match was him saying, Hangman couldn't last another hour with me. He'll kill him if he lasts another hour. Um, and he's like, and if it, get, if it gets to the judges, they'll know I'll win because I'll just beat the shit out of them. So it was, there was kind of like a sense of agency throughout the whole match of Hangman, just trying to make sure it doesn't get to the judges, but also just survive. Uh, Danielson bust Hangman open quite early on. Hangman also then like returned the favour. Um, and it was it was just a really cool kind of story. I think, I think it went, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it went about 30, maybe 35 minutes. Um but it didn't feel like that. It felt a lot quicker. Um, and it just ended with Hangman when he finally hit the bookshop. Like, it was like, almost like the, the crowd, like, had like a sigh of relief, not because the match was ending, but because Hangman had survived. Um, really, really well-told story. Really good match. Um, Brian Danielson, I think he was pretty much par for the course for getting my wrestler of the year until he got injured. Um, and yeah, it was it was just very fun. It's I'm going to challenge real quick here because I had this on my honorable mentions. One of the things yeah. I really liked about this match as well is it sort of carried on the story from the first match. So they, they basically very much they picked up exactly how they left off in the first match, the same strategies and everything. And about ten minutes in, they both realised like, oh, this isn't working. We can't just keep doing this. And they both changed how they approached the match. Like, like you say, Danielson went like full shit out, and Hangman just went for like, right, he's just going to swing for the fences now. He knows he just needs that one like huge move to put Brian away. And like, it, it went from like them sort of trying to execute their original strategies, to them going, oh shit, no, this this, this isn't going to work, and then having to totally change on the fly, which was which was awesome to watch. Yeah. Sweet. Good eyes. Sound, Troy? Number eight, please, man. Um, <clears throat> I haven't got too much to say about it, but just, just go and watch it. It was pretty brutal. Um, me and Jay watched, uh, which one it was, Bloodsport from a couple of years ago. You sold it to me on on the, the format that it was in. I was like, oh, it sounds pretty good. I'll give that a go. So, Paid a lot of attention to the GCW collective this year over Mania weekend and even more so attention to, to Bloodsport 8 and my pick of that week. And I think you might have, sorry, weekend. I think um, you might mention it already. Aaron, maybe it was uh, Mox against Biff Music. Yeah, it was, it was just fucking murder, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was just brutal. Um, Biff Music, um, Formerly only Lorkin, for those that don't know. Um, this was his first match back after being released, I think, wasn't it? Fairly one soon the, it was. Uh, one, from, one of the, it was that weekend was his first match anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was fucking violence. It was like it's deathmatch stuff isn't my sort of thing. And for those that haven't watched Bloodsport, Bloodsport isn't deathmatch stuff, but it's very like kind of shoot fight stuff. It's that, that crossover, that boundary between kind of shoot fight, UFC wrestling. It's, it's um, raw underground without sweaty shame. It's, it's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, and this is really cool. This is, this is two guys. Like I, I've always been a big fan of, of 
only Lorcan formally um, and seen bits and pieces of Biff Busick on, on the independence uh, before he was signed to WWE. And obviously always been a fan of Mox, whether it was as Mox or Dean Ambrose. Um, so this is a really, really exciting match. And um, yeah, I just enjoyed it. It was, it was violent enough to be bordering on uncomfortable. And uh, yeah, it, it was good. So uh, just, just go watch it if, if you haven't. It's, um, it's made my list and it's made your honourable mentions, Aaron. So yeah. Gonna say it's. I've not seen it, but I've seen at like, the very end of it where like Busek's just like on his knees, but he almost just almost just like begging for death, like a like a certain conservative prime minister. <laughs> and uh, there you go. There's you know, there's another reference. Mox gives him the vote of no confidence right to the face with his knee, and uh, yeah, <laughs> the vote of no confidence. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's basically how it goes. To be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and there's, there's, there's not, there's not even pinfalls. He goes like he fucking just fucking cleans his clock, doesn't he? And he's like he's like right out. Yeah, yeah. It's either tap out or pass out. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, Mox knocks him the fuck out. 12, 13 minutes of just fucking beat the piss out of each other. That clip was so good. I showed my mum it. That's how like that's how like impressed I was when I saw it. I was like, oh fuck, people need to see this. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, right. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Aaron. Lucky number seven. Number seven is GCW again. Hey. Yeah. Shot, 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 shot. shot. <laughs> uh, we're going to the world on GCW. And I've put, which was the 21st of January, I'm putting Joey Janela versus Matt Cardona. I because. Think you forgot yeah, because it was. Well, a half an hour of pure shithousery for Matt Cardona being a bastard like he always is uh, and GCW's biggest baby face at the time, Joey Janela. Just bear in mind this is in the Hammerstein as well. Like It was a big event. Uh, it was so big, I think all four of us stayed up to watch it, Yep, if I remember rightly. This was the single most overbooked match I have ever seen. But it was so but it, but it was But it was hilariously good fun, yeah. Half an hour of run-ins and music playing, and uh, I... I love, I love the um, the just all the callbacks to like other shows that have been there as well. Yeah, uh, the Mick Foley flannel as well from Matt Cardona when he came out. Oh, it's honestly all it's like it's like a really marky match. Like it's just full of references and little niches that you go. <laughs> I, I get it. It's just the yeah. one where like Swoggle ended up having a match with somebody else like halfway through the match. Yep. <laughs> original, original Forbidden Door pioneer Swoggle, the yeah. first man through the Forbidden Door. Yeah. So um, so many people showed up during this match, but in the best way possible. Just when Waltman turned up as well. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I can't remember if this is like if this is what happened or whether I just like dreamt it. Smart, smart Mark Stale and brought Virgil dressed up dressed up as Vince McMahon. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, um, that was awful. They, they had um, they had Brian Myers recreate uh, Edge costing John Cena the uh, WWE title at uh, ECW One Night mm-hmm. Stand. Yep. Um, oh God! Is that uh, I I love this match. I, you know what? I completely forgot about this match. I'm annoyed because it probably would have made my honorable match. Yeah, it's, it's honestly it so good. Silly nonsense. I remember so watching it and me. I, I remember me and you just like not being able to breathe when we were watching it. We were laughing that much. 
<laughs> uh, so this match was like not long after I recovered from COVID, and if it was a few weeks earlier, I would have for sure just dismissed it as a fever dream. I mean, it was. <laughs> but no, it was. It was like it was one of those matches where, like, like you said, all four of us watching it live with beers on Zoom, having a good time, chatting shit. It was like the perfect way to, to like to, uh, to consume and it. It was thoroughly sports entertained. Yeah, it was. Sweet. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, right, my number seven. Not quite as uproarious as that, but certainly more, more technical. I've got FDR versus the Young Bucks for the Ring of Honor and AAA Tag Team Champions, um, AW Dynamite, uh, 6th of April 2022. I mean, nice. what can I say? It's, it's just another, like, touching five-star. I mean, you can see that... FDR match. I mean, Aaron and Hater, because I had real wrestling in, but, you yeah. know, the Bucks... <laughs> like, if, if the Bucks say that Lucha Bros are, like, their favourite team to work, I think... Set a very close second on that list in terms of the teams they were best with has to be FTR. I mean, FTR are one of those. Me and Jay have talked about it for months. Like they're one of those teams who can have a good matchup with anybody. They could carry me and Jay to four stars like tomorrow <laughs> if, if they absolutely had to. Um, and yeah, this was just this was just phenomenal. It's just it's just just go and watch it. It's really really good. It's it's everything you want from a tag team match. FTR do the psychology, books do the flippy shit, and everyone wins. Except FTR actually won. So you know. <laughs> One thing I will say as well that was really I really enjoyed about this match because uh, it, it did make my honorables um, was the fact that um, the first match was very much like a love letter to tag team wrestling, whereas this one was kind of like the books trying to show that they could do FTR better than the book than FTR could. When in the first match, the thing that cost FTR was them trying to out young books the young books. Is that when cash goes for the um for the, like, the spring spring yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it was awesome match, really good. Uh, right, Jay, you're number seven, um, then please do it. Mine is MJF versus CM Punk from Dynamite on the 2nd of February in Chicago. Does anybody have this higher up? I very nearly put it on my honor mentions, but um, yeah. I I remember when we were going into this match, we felt either one week we felt, oh shit, they've dragged this out too long. And then then we thought, ah oh, shit, they're, they're putting this on too early. They should hold it off for the pay-per-view. Um, in hindsight, being 2020, I think it was the perfect time because it was just hold off till Chicago, hold off till Chicago. Uh, it's currently CM Punk's only lost in AEW. And it was in the exact same place as he, where he debuted, losing to the one guy he probably didn't want to lose to MJF. Um, the whole story, even down to like MJF cheating early on in the match, um, choking Punk with like his wrist out with his wrist tape, and then Bryce realizing and restarting the match. It was like, all right, well, there's MJF getting his shit bag win. Punk's absolutely winning it now. So MJF then getting Wardlow to give the Dynamite Diamond, knocking Punk out and winning. Um, in uh, in literally en- enemy territory, like in the most hostile environment, they could have had that happen. They did it. Um, it's just such a really good told story from begin to end, um, and it it made the natural progression to the dog collar match mean so much more that they did this first. Um, I rewatched this not that long ago, and it still holds up just as good as it did when I was watching it live. And like, oh my god, they're actually doing it. So yeah, the heat in this match was... So basically, this is what if Money in the Bank 2012, but Punk loses. Yeah, 
yeah, that's a really good analogy, actually. Except it makes sense in the storyline. Like, it's not just like Cedar wins them all. Um, yeah. Yeah, this this was, yeah, it was. I, the only reason I did, I think, in terms of like, I think the dog collar match, because it happened after, like, Richie Bias, it sort of eclipsed it in my mind mm-hmm. a little bit. And because it meant more, it was on the pay per view. It, it had was all the blood. Part of the story as well. Yeah, it had so yeah. much more story and with Wardlow and everything. Yeah. But this match was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I'm when we're doing that one. Okay. Sound. Uh, yeah, Troy, number seven, please do. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is from <clears throat> uh, Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor. It's the for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, and it's the Briscoes versus FTR. Oh, Does shall that... please. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought I'd lean back knowing that someone was going to shout. You ain't sneaking that one in at fucking seven, mate. Don't <laughs> hey, it made a top ten. I mean, <laughs> right, Aaron, watch the six, then dude. Right, not Ring of Honor. <laughs> GCW perchance? Uh, no, actually, yeah, no. Uh, we're going to AEW Double or Nothing, actually. Uh, the Anarchy and Arena match. Yeah, I've buddy. Got it got I've got that higher. Right, there you go. All of us have got it. Fuck a lot of love. Hell. I mean, Daddy Dave gave it five stars, so even he said it was good. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't normally he doesn't normally rate the garbage matches. So. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, then. Uh, my number six is Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho from Revolution. Anybody? Damn, yeah. Awesome, right. So the match itself was fine. It was really fun. It was great. Eddie got the big win. He tapped. I like I get emotionally invested in Eddie Kingston in a level that actually scares me. <laughs> um but the match was the match was really good. It was really good fun. Eddie won by tap out. He made Chris Jericho submit, which is not a thing you see very often, which was pretty cool. I want to talk a bit more so though about the promo at the start before the match. When Eddie Kingston basically just screaming in Jericho's face for like 15 minutes when he's saying like give me don't give me the don't give me the Chris Jericho that did the Mimosa match give me the Jericho that went to New Japan give me the Jericho that Levesque hated because if you don't give me that Jericho I'm gonna fucking eat you alive fucking hell <laughs> and it was like it was like wow. and it was like and they, they did the promo it was literally like two miles from the WWE head office in Connecticut Jeez, and it was so perfect. It was like Eddie was like, "Don't give me the Jericho that belongs up the room. Give, give me the rest. Give me, give me the good one." Amazing. Didn't, didn't he bill it as something like Jericho's return to like his home ground or something as well? So like stupid. Like, this was like looking back now. It's obvious this was like the start of like the the Jericho appreciation sports entertainment character that that sort of got planted in his head. I think. Mm-hmm. And I think, and if you look back, like the slow build with 2.0, this is when it sort of started to coalesce into like an actual thing. Mm. And it, it's uh, I'm, one. I'm just, I'm just happy that Eddie Kingston gets to be. Like, if you told, if you, told, if you went back in time, and I, if, if I could meet and interview Eddie Kingston, I'd be like, how does it feel to know that you've run programs with Chris Jericho in like 2022 on television? Because like <laughs> that's fucking. Because like as he said himself, Eddie Kingston got no fucking business being here. <laughs> except he is and he fucking rules and he beat Chris Jericho clean in the middle of the ring and it was brilliant love all that love all that it was um, it, it was mirrored to the Claudio and Eddie storyline as well wasn't it in Chicago yes uh, which we're, we're probably going to see that run back over the, over the sort of back end of the year uh, which will be excellent oh. so keep an eye out for that 
as me now, yeah? Yeah, up to you, number six, please, mate. Um, I've gone for from day two of Super Strong Style 16 on June the 4th, <laughs> the match for the tag team titles, Smoke and Aces, versus 0121 versus Sunshine Machine. I thought as much. <laughs> it's, it's fairly high up on mine. Sound? It, moving on it then. was much... It, I will say before we move on, it was much higher on mine until I really watched some of the matches and went, oh, okay, to you. <laughs> right, then, Troy, your number six, then, please, mate. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell. You mentioned it earlier, didn't you, Aaron? I think it was slightly yeah, right down. Number 10, I, I gave it. Jay, yeah. you got it on yours? Uh, me and Troy can talk about this. Yeah, man. I've seen the match and it, I nearly put it in my own role mentions, but I was a bit mindful of me on role mentions getting a bit too big, so I didn't. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't talk about it. No worries. Uh, well, I, I'll start then. Uh, yeah, it's Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Uh, you're never going to get a bad match. At the best, you're going to get that wrestle. At the worst, sorry, you're going to get that WrestleMania match, which was okay. Um, this one, there was more story. It was more personal. It was more aggressive. Now, I don't care about anything else on the main roster apart from Cody Rhodes right now. He's injured at the moment, but before he got injured, uh, he, he we found out on the night that he got injured training. Mm. Like, it, oh. yeah, it didn't come out like two days before. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't actually say what I don't think until that night. No, they were just like I he's injured. He's coming in yeah. with an injury, and it was only when they showed it off that they addressed it. But they were just yeah. like he's not coming in at a hundred percent. And then when they yeah. showed it, they were just like they're lucky if he's fifty percent. So then, when Cody slowly takes off that massive fucking Murica jacket, Murica jacket, Murica jacket. Uh, Screams 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> Look like a bald eagle done a sick on him. <laughs> the freedom eagle. The tattoo just, it's like a symbiote. The tattoo, it just slowly gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> uh, anyway, this isn't the NXT. We're not getting sidetracked. Um, <laughs> Easily done, man. Easily done. <laughs> <laughs> he just sort of. Uh, the reason his arm was that colour was because he's not done any bloodletting since, like, January, mate. Yeah. <laughs> bloodletting. He, he hasn't gigged since January. It's all just building up in his body. <laughs> Can't have too much blood in that body, Cody. The fact, Gross, that, the fact that that man put on this good a match when he can barely move his arm, uh, it, it's not... I think Dave Meltzer pushes it a bit with the. Dave gave star. it a five, didn't he? It's not fantastic, but because I feel the match is very, very good, but I think the injury assists the match as well, in a way. Yeah, elevates it, it a little bit. It yeah, testament to like how how much he was willing to kind of like push himself to get. Also, the other thing which. You haven't mentioned yet as Rollins works the injured arm, like oh, yeah, the whole yes. fucking <clears throat> mm. yeah, like yeah. The, the amount of pain must have been in a silly, like, fucking credit where it's due. Uh, who, who let him go, f- go through into that match? Is there no <laughs> medical or anything? Yeah, what's going on? Uh, apparently, it was the, the injury couldn't get made any worse, so that's how we got round it. Uh, right, okay, 
Which, yeah, like, yeah. on one but, hand, I get. But the other, you, on, on, but the other can, hand, imagine like you're a football player. Oh, I've broken my leg. I'm going to go and play anyway because I can't break yeah. it anymore. Like, so yeah. You that, that, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I sliced my finger off at work. I can't get any worse. Oh, I'll don't worry. I've, I've, I've got four more. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was how Cody argued his way into getting into the, like, staying in the match, apparently, uh, which right. it was it like, is. I agree with you, Aaron. It, <clears throat> for me, it, it, like, it was a good match. It wasn't a five-star match. It was a good match. But for me, like, there were a few things that, that made that match of theirs in particular the standout of the three. So whilst the Mania one, of the two, the Mania match was the better match, the better wrestling match, and the spectacle and everything helped, and the fact that it was his, his re-debuting. But one thing that stuck out for me was it was a Hell in a Cell match. It's the blow-off of a feud. This is Hell in a Cell used properly and not just thrown in for the sake of let's have a Hell in a Cell match. This was the, the last of their trilogy of matches. That, for me, was was really good from the off. Then there was all the little nuances in the match. So you had stuff like Seth coming out in fucking in, in Dusty's, old, like Dusty's ring gear with the polka dots all that psychology and you've seen Seth do that a lot over like the last few months like when he fought Roman at Mania and he uh, sorry not at Mania where was it Rumble the Rumble when he came out in the old shield gear and he had the entrance and he came down like Seth's having a fucking a career year and he's he's Seth's not won a pay-per-view match this year he's not held a title this year and he's having bangers and he's in some really good fucking he beat Roman by DQ at the Rumble nah come on we won I, I know but did he, did you he get though? what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I do get what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Um, as you mentioned, like Rhodes' shoulder, like the, the big selling point of the match, there was a moment uh, where Seth got out um, like a weight belt, but it was the polka dot weight belt and it had like visionary written on the back. Yeah. Like all these little nuances. There was even, even to the point where when Seth pinned Cody, more often than not, when Seth pinned Cody, pinned him down on his stronger shoulder so that he had to kick out of his weaker one. Even little bits like that that I picked up on. Second time round watching, I was just like, it's just really, really clever. Both men using the pedigree at one point. The whole storyline going into it was like, Seth's built up Raw and Cody's going to come in, but Cody's not going to come in and smash the throne that, that Seth built. And then they bring out the sledgehammer as well, like, just loads of little things like that. Lots of little intricate nuances, storytelling. I thought it was really clever. So as I say, whilst the match wasn't like the best of the three and it was still a good match, the culmination of that, the setting of it and everything they put in there made that the standout of the three for me. Uh, yeah, I didn't even mention the ball rope spot. Oh, fuck, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah the ball rope yeah. Spot. Yeah. It was like, like you say, it was like Seth, like, and he's the perfect guy to do it. Like just using all of Cody's bullshit. It's like torture. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, I've seen. I've not. I've seen the whole match. I've seen like clips of it and bits and bobs and all the big spots. And yeah, it was. It was really good. Yeah, really, really good. Thoroughly mm. enjoyed it. No argument from me. Right. So, are we halfway through? We are. We have arrived at um, number five. So you... I, I've done a tally here, right? I've got seven wrestling companies. I thought we would more than likely have on our list here, and I've got others an eighth like list. And I've just tallied off. Oh, Aaron, have you been doing some stat work? I've been doing some stats, so oh, it's, it's, it's looking pretty juicy on this list, by the way. Is it? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later on, but it's looking juicy. Right. Um, before we go on to our, our top five, 
Should we go to the Discord and, and read and see what other people have put for what they would say was in their top 10 or, or matches of the year so far? Yeah, we got to do them down real quick. Um, so Joe from uh, the Damn It Vince podcast has got FTR versus the Briscoes, uh, which we've already mentioned. MJF, CM Punk, uh, Dog Collar match already mentioned. Anarchy in the Arena uh, already mentioned, but not discussed fully yet. Uh, and he also said pretty much anything with FTR in doubles or singles matches. Um, and he also said, was Bucks versus Lucha Bros this year? I can't even remember. Yes, it was well, this year. What, so one of them. Not, not, <laughs> one of them. Not, not, not the cage one, but the one we talked about. They do, do one every year. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, Faye says uh, Ridgeway versus Money from Strong Style 16. Uh, Mox versus Ooh, Utah. Mox versus Utah, she says, I'm sure it was this year. I think it is this year. Uh, Mox versus Filthy Tom Lawler at Defy. Anarchy in the Arena. Adam Page versus Adam Cole, Texas Deathmatch. Young Bucks that, was versus... Was that the, the Let's Go Adam match? Of course. Yeah. Of course <laughs> <laughs> uh, Young Bucks versus Top Flight. The Casino Tag Team Royale. Um, any Young Bucks match. And then in addition to that, uh, Osprey versus Okada from Wrestle Kingdom and Osprey versus Mox at Windy City Riot. Uh, Sarah says Mox versus Utah, where Utah bled. Yes, great match. Uh, any FTR match, any Young Bucks match, any Ray Fenix match, any Andrade match, give him a belt now. Cassidy versus Osprey, Danielson versus Hangman, both of them. MJF versus Punk, Anakin in the Arena, Revolution three-way tag, Brit versus Rosa, Steel Cage. Uh, yeah, that's it from the Discord. Ooh, that so Revolution some... three-way tag as well was that was the um, Young Bucks. Red Young Dragon. Bucks Red. Yeah, that, that was a, that was a fucking banger. That. I forgot some, about that. No, actually, that was the one of them. A double or nothing against yeah. Swerve, my lord. That's, that was real good. That was that was just that was just yeah, just a load of, a load of, a load of fast guys just pinging around and Hobbs and Keith Lee just murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> um it, it's just just the, not to get too too sidetracked, but it's a nice that we're kind of in a position where there's stuff where we're going, oh fuck, I completely forgot about that because it's been mm-hmm. such a good year for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Although and I'll I'll be a I'll be a prick about this later. Um for Sarah, only one of those um Danielson versus Hangman matches was this year. The other one was in December. It was. Uh, Right, it was. Should we move on then? Should we get to our top five? Yeah, number five. We're going to New Japan, baby. Wrestle Kingdom. It's Osprey and Okada. Yeah. Nice. It had to be done. Of course. Anybody else? Of course it did. I uh, had it in an no. honourable mention. Yeah. I, 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 I was kind of torn between the Shingo match and this. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this... Yeah, this match for me. I I mean if every year Okada puts out a banger on Wrestle Kingdom weekend. He put out two this year. Um every year Osprey puts out a banger at Wrestle Kingdom. Put the two together, what do you get? Oh half an hour of just sweet, sweet fucking rainmakers and flips and Stormbreakers and Hidden Blades galore and oh it's just, it wasn't slow at any point. No, it was not. Jesus. Oh, that's that, that's the not. only thing that Aaron cares about. Oh, <laughs> it God. was not slow. <laughs> Aaron's Aaron's like approach to wrestling like, like speed. If like the pace drops for like five minutes, like his brain just switches off and explodes <laughs> and just disappears. I mean, you're saying that I had Suzuki and Effie in my top day. <laughs> 
That was not <laughs> fast. <laughs> yeah, but it was nonsense. So it's either nonsense or really quick. Order of a hate crime, wasn't it? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I go watch it if you haven't. It's just Okada to, being his best, Osprey being his best. To be fair, as well, like it, it's as like it does. There was a lot of story involved in it as well. Like so, obviously, Okada's kind of like mission to get back to being the world champion. It's his first defense as world champion. Um, Osprey I was never say, was, was. Was this like the belt Osprey had to vacate and then like yeah. came yeah. back for? Yeah. 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 The cursed all, butterfly title that like fucking injured the first three people that held it. <laughs> the Gundam Wing title. Um <laughs> and then obviously as well, um the year before was a card the base Osprey where Osprey lost to just one Rainmaker. Just one. Whereas he kicked out of one of just one uh, Rainmaker took, this He took no, he took three during the match. It was uh, the third one that got him. Yeah. But it was it, Regardless, it was a fucking awesome match. Mm. Did um, did Akada kick out of any of Osprey's finishes? Uh, the, pretty much all. No, the hidden blade, and he never got to hit the Stormbreaker because that's basically the one winged angel for Osprey. But he, he kicked out of the hidden blade. Hidden, hidden blade. Rightly, yeah. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is because it's Akada, it's the same power level as Orange Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like they're, they're the co-leaders of Chaos, mate. There you go. Just Cassidy kicked out of, of the hidden blade. He did. Yeah. And yeah. He I would shock the Stormbreaker though. He didn't know no one kicks out. He said, no one kicks out the Stormbreaker, do they? Yeah. So. Yeah. Sweet. Is that it? Didn't the card hit Stormbreaker on Osprey in that match? Didn't what? Didn't the card hit Stormbreaker on Osprey in that match? I think actually, oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 Great back and forth. Go watch it. Thumbs up. Yeah. Right. Uh, right then, number five for me. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch Aaron closer here because this will excite him. Um, Clint Margera versus Alex Cologne at TNT Thrill Kill 2022. Oh. Uh, so Jay sort of ran down this match a little bit on his honorable mentions, but like I just want to say again, call attention to that spot. Mm. So, um, Clint Margera sets up two doors on chairs, puts a chair with barbed wire on on Alex Cologne. Goes up to the balcony, which is, it's not high, but it's still like 12, 15 feet. I mean, I still wouldn't jump off it. No. I was there. As, I wouldn't have jumped off that. <laughs> as, as he's doing this. I was next to you having a fucking existential crisis watching this much. <laughs> as he's doing this, like the owner of TNT in character, who very rarely comes out in character, comes out and is like pleading with him not to do this. Like Clint's uh, girlfriend's there having a horrible time. And Clint dives off an elbow drop through the doors and it's not even the finish mm. and Clint doesn't even win <laughs> so Alex Cologne gets up and then beats the fuck out of him I think the finish was like he hits it with like he has like a a sort of fan of light tubes or like yeah, five man. light tubes and he just Great. hits it with like yeah. he hits just it with five at once with <laughs> yeah and just yeah I mean it, it was just like glass the match mm. it was brutal it yeah. wasn't my first death match, was it? I'd seen, I think the other one was, um, who's the guy that Clint comes out? Oh. Say again? It was Clint best big fucking Joe, the other that match you saw. Yeah, 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 the year before. But, and, I, and I'm not a death match wrestling fan, really, but it's a spectacle. It's, it's different. It's interesting, but I actually really enjoyed this one. It was really, really good. So good. 
I brought an Alex Colon T-shirt, so nice. You can always tell it's going to be a banger as well when they put it on at the end, because that means they they know they're not going to have enough time to clean up in the middle of the show. Yeah, T- TV time remaining and some. Oh, hey, tasty stomach. How big fucking Joe that means? <laughs> <laughs> there was fucking broken light tubes in the crowd for the whole rest oh, of the show. Was, yeah, he, he was he was fucking giving light tubes out like he was Oprah. <laughs> Go going for his matches. But yeah, I mean, this 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 was incredible, and like you say, um, Alex Cologne took the TNT Extreme title back to GCW. He's been def- he's defended it in Australia. This is fucking awesome, and we watched him we watched him do it in a nightclub in Liverpool. It was it was uh, crazy. Ultra 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 violent title. No no, the, no, 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 the TNT one. Oh, yeah, I see the TNT title every like two weeks. It's great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> see it on my screen. Yeah, he was wearing it on that show we watched the other day, wasn't he? Yeah. But when he did a bloodletting with them, yeah, so just again, just before we before we wrap that one up, this was the match that was meant to be at, um, on DOA. It was meant to be like a big special exhibition match, and they couldn't do it. So credit to Alex Cologne for coming back over. No, no, Cologne uh, was meant to be in DOA. Was be, meant to be in the tournament. Yes, that's right. Sorry, yeah. No, no, wasn't he meant to fight? Clint? Oh no, yeah, he was probably meant to win the tournament, wasn't he? And then fight Clint. He was definitely meant to win the yeah. tournament. So they just had Clint win it instead, and then he fought Alex Cologne at the next thing. Of course, Alex Cologne was meant to win a tournament about fucking death matches. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you, haven't, you haven't been to the TNT shows, mate. They've been like building up big fucking Joe. was like the guy. But, yeah, He's but like, if, you, um, if, 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 you like, if you like death match wrestling, or you really hate light tubes and like seeing them get broken, then this is um, the match for you. <laughs> and if you haven't and, seen a death match before and you're intrigued, also the match for you. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. it, it was a really good. There was nothing like there was nothing too gratuitous either. I don't think. Wow. I mean, he went through doors. Yeah, but it it, it was like it, it all served its purpose, didn't it? Like it wasn't right. like just for the sake of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was a lot. They brought I'm, a head streamer uh, out in front of families or something like that. No, no. <laughs> I, I, they weren't. They weren't like dripping blood on the church carpet or not like that. At the way, we had made the chair as well, so you know, made the chair still upsets me. Yeah. No, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> Right, right. Uh, go and enjoy your number five, please, man. Let's talk about a match that people mentioned on that list, which you might have up higher, big tasty. I don't know. Uh, John Moxley versus Wheeler Utah from Rampage on the 8th of April. Oh, ciao, please. Horses, <laughs> <laughs> mud. Can you, you ain't sneaking that. You got to go up early to see that one, personally. Okay. Where have you got it? Then you got next. Well, you'd have to wait and fucking see. Yeah, 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 I'm giving nothing away. Spoilers. Uh, don't worry about it. Spoiler warnings. Like Boris Johnson with cabinet positions. I'm not giving anything away. <laughs> Stronghold. Is it me? It is you, Troy. Number five, please, dude. Right. I feel like you may have this higher. So it's anarchy in the arena. Yep. Yeah, yeah, cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's all going to condense down a bit now until like a couple of like the consensus top picks are all coming out now, aren't they? So I, I think my top potentially top three and your between you and Troy's top three are all going to be. Oh, you have it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then, Aaron, you're, you're, number, you're number four. Then please, mate, we'll move in. You're, you're sneaking these GCW ones in now. This is this is the, this, yeah! is, the this is the top strat here. You're getting to talk about. Them. <laughs> Uh, funnily enough, we've got GCW boys. Who would possibly have thought? <laughs> Just for a change, eh? Is it off planet death? Please be off planet death. Uh, I am actually going to the very start of the year on New Year's Day. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, after that awful WWE pay-per-view that we got. The palate cleanser. The palate cleanser. Uh, a, a match so good, they tried to do it two other times and it wasn't as good. Um, Alex Cologne versus John Wayne Murdoch. Uh, oh, little scoops. The, the very first one. Oh, the match itself is fantastic, but the unintentional ending as well. Um, so it, it's your normal death match, but there's a lot of story going into it as well, obviously. There's a lot of um, instruments, shall we say, kicking about. Hardware. Uh, hardware. Instruments? Yeah. Is, it Instru- a sim- <laughs> is, is it a symphony of destruction match? Uh, but the, the ending gets a bit nasty where the ref actually has to stop the match because John Wayne Murdoch's arm is essentially like falling off. But you don't worry about that. Is, um, is that is that why his arms are so skinny? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the ending's a bit dodgy, but it actually helped the match as well in some sort of way, in a weird, sick, disgusting way. Um, yeah, Alice Cologne just grabbed a fucking a plank of wood, is it a two by four, uh, with um gusset plates on the end of it and just full swung at the arm three times oh, oh. it was lovely <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to safely work that in the in the follow-up matches yeah, as well they, they try they tried to copy it in the second one and you knew they were trying to copy it i was like ugh. i should describe this aren't true it looks like he's experiencing like experiencing like ptsd in real time i the so this you're gonna be one, sick I, <laughs> the, 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 what? They both announced for GCW in Liverpool. We might be seeing this in person. Oh, I know. Shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so I hope the, you brought plenty of clean pairs of underwear, Aaron. Oh, I am wearing white all over, so I get covered in other people's blood. <laughs> Aaron, have you, have you ever seen a live death match? No, it's not. <laughs> no. See when the glass starts flying, mate. I think you're gonna fucking piss yourself. <laughs> 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 uh, when you're picking glass out your fucking beard at the end of the night, oh look, what's that? Oh, a bit of light in my beard. Oh yeah, Sam. Uh, yeah, the second one's not as good, and the third one they done in the cage of death, but it still wasn't as good. They tried; it was heightened a little bit with the cage of death. Um, murder cage, murder cage. Yeah, it was. Uh, go watch it. It's fun. Honest. I've described it in the worst way, but go watch it. <laughs> fun. <laughs> Fun. Don't worry, Troy. We'll bring you a load of sick bags for um. <laughs> oh man, I'm so excited for that. I am. <laughs> I am. I've, 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 I've been. Uh, what's it? I've been broken in, if you like. I've seen two death <laughs> matches. You've seen Troy, Big Fucking I Joe. Think, you'll be, you'll be alright. I've seen Big Fucking Joe and Alex Colon. I think I'm going to be so alright. I, I think we should do a watch along of a GCW death match show to get you ready for it. The sense size you a bit. Sure. I mean. I do the NXT Planet, review Planet, with Aaron. I'm desensitised enough. Please. <laughs> uh, right then, uh, move on to number four for me. I don't, I don't know if we'll sneak this one because um, I think it, well, we've just got it. Anarchy in the arena. Is it time? Or are we I, uh... Sound. Okay. Uh, right then, Jay, what have you got? Oh, number four for me, CM Punk versus MJF in the dog call match. Oh, you've, you've double you've double dipped on the CM Punk oh. MJF. You've done. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna level with you. It's like, it's gonna take a fucking lot for this to, like, not be my feud. Um, just to, just to 
you too fucking broken from him saying double dipped. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> I didn't even realise I fucking I looked up and just saw you two like dying. Let's give give, give them a minute. Right, mate, we we, we yeah. can talk about the wrestling. It's fine. Sorry, you, you I've can, had I've had to mute so my microphone didn't peak with me laughing. You, you, you can tell which ones in this podcast do the AEW podcast, or which ones do the NXT <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll, have, we'll have a nice, sensible discussion about a really fun feud. Oh. <laughs> the children can titter away. Do you want me like get out your system? Or... No, no, I'm good. Go ahead. Oh, okay, crack on. Um, Fill your boots. Yeah, um, it was just as I say the continuation of the story. Um, it, there was a lot of kind of things that like were really cool moments. Obviously, you had the Wardlow face turn at the end. Uh, you had Punk coming out with his Ring of Honor gear onto his Ring of Honor music. Um, it was an absolute fucking bloodbath. Like this, long the second dog collar match AEW's done, and it really set a precedent of like it. It being awesome when they do whip it out like that uh, stipulation. Um, is it kind of like, like you know, how WWE well used to use Hell in the Cell as like a feud ender, the dog color mat, not to the same extent, but where it's like yeah. they seldom bust it out, and when they do, it's, you know, it has real gravity well, behind it. They built this uh, really specifically as well because yeah. MGF was like obsessed with comparing himself to Piper, right? Mm. And punk. so, um, yeah, and so. Punk was like, well, you want to be fucking Piper? All right, then we'll do a dog collar match like Piper did. I yeah. see. And then... Um, uh, yeah, because it was it was uh, Piper and uh, Greg Valentine's like the really famous one, isn't it? From yeah. like the... Greg Valentine was there uh, when it happened as well. He was, was the, in the that, crowd. That was the first dog No, that was, that was the oh, first was one. That was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think he would have come back. He didn't look like he was enjoying himself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did not look like he wanted to be Greg there. Valentine. <laughs> Who knows? In the first um, match. <laughs> yeah, it was um even the build up, like as I say, like they had to do the match where MJF beat Punk in Chicago to get to this one. Like there, there had to be something in between. They couldn't just bypass a singles match. Um and like going into it when MJF like was obviously doing the whole I uh, got I like you using this kind of past trauma and CM Punk walking away from wrestling as like two things that were kind of like happening like intersected in his life that made him the way he is like his origin story we got all that building to this we got um mjf kind of like apologized to punk and doing that and hugging him and then beating the living shit out of punk and making him bleed while wearing the t-shirt with the picture of him as a kid with punk all going into this match um and in the match itself as i say it was it was gritty it was violent but it it told an incredible story and even going out, like going out of it after when Wardlow turns on MJF and MJF saying in the promo, like the week after, next time I beat you, punk, um, next time I beat you, um, it's going to be like the worst loss you ever have, which is obviously going to be punk losing the title to MJF. It's still, it's still like keep, keeping the story going. Um, and it was just really, really cool, like really well, like written story. And as I say, it's probably going to be. Very hard to top this as my feud of the year. Fair. Uh, also, just before we move on, um, yeah, Punk went out to AFI 
like with the fans like slapping the barricade <laughs> and everything felt fucking huge it was mm-hmm. so cool it was it like it was almost like because MGF had spent the whole feud saying like Punk was PG and he, he'd gone soft and this was Punk being like right okay you want the old me then fucking have it dickhead I didn't get like so I didn't I obviously didn't watch a lot of his Ring of Honor stuff, so I didn't get that and I was like oh what's what's this entrance what's he wearing what's this music and anyone has explained to me obviously meant a bit more to those that knew and followed him before sort of thing. And I imagine that was a really cool spectacle to see, but even for someone that didn't know, it was pretty fucking cool. Basically MJF fucked around and did indeed find out. <laughs> uh, as I say, there was a lot of parallels to like Punk's ring of honor run where he was like the kind of young cocky upstart right. and Punk in Punk's position. It was Raven who he was feuding with. And then as like the grizzled veteran. And then obviously the roles reversed. Um, yeah, it was as it was just really, really nice, kind of cleverly written thing. Nice. Okay, then moving on, Troy. Your number four, please, mate. Uh, my number four. So my my last one was Anarchy in the Arena, which happened in in the US of A. Uh, spoiler: my top four are only in the UK. Starting with number four, which is from Progress. Super Strong Style Weekend. Day two is the Tag Team Championship Ladder Match. Sunshine Machine versus Smoking Aces versus the 0121. And I think this might be a little higher on your list, Jay. Maybe? No? Hmm? No, no. Uh, you was you said yours. it was much higher on yours. Mine was only in sixth. Ah, all right then. So... You, you got a few bits. I've got I've I've got a fair amount I can say about it. You, you got some, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a fucking awesome match. So this this is off the back of uh, the match that they had at uh, there was a gauntlet match at the tenth anniversary. At the tenth anniversary and in the final, that so the previous champions were smoking aces who lost it in the gauntlet match. I believe the final two was Sunshine Machine and a one two one. But then there was a match and in between. It. There was a match at uh, the Atlas tournament weekend. I can't remember if it was on the Beard of Zeus or um, Stop Motion Skeleton Battle. But they had a match on that weekend, which was in between the Gauntlet match and this one, where it was Sunshine, Sunshine Machine against 0121. Um, that match, I think Dan Maloney must have got an injury because he, he went out fairly early and only came back in for the, the very end of it. So I feel like this was a, a kind of, this is what you should have got and a little bit more. Um, this was absolutely banging. This opened day two of Super Strong Style 16 um, and was not even arguably easily the, the best day of the three, I think, for me. Um, oh, yeah. It was just fucking awesome. Um, <clears throat> I rewatched this again just to kind of remind myself um, of, of some of the spots in there and, and the build-up. Like, annoyingly, so the crowd was super hyped for this match. Like, it was on fire, the opening match. But I don't know what's going on with the sound for, like, Progress's recordings, but the crowd sounded, like, fairly quiet for this. Like, you could barely hear them, like, when I watched it back on, on the network, which is a shame because it really doesn't do it justice because they were absolutely I- on fire. I think that's why I ended up moving it down in my list because it didn't translate as well mm. into the actual like video on demand version of it as it was being there in person and like 
because we in person, I was like, that's one of the best matches I've ever seen live. But then yeah. when I walked back, I was like, that was that didn't feel as good because you hadn't had 12 beers beforehand. <laughs> well, at, at like two o'clock. No, I mean, you're still topping it from the night before. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, no, I just, I just think like the, the energy of like made that feel a lot much more of a monumental match than it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but not saying either way, there was some fucking insane spots. I've never seen a lot of the match with a surfboard. Of, nope, that was um, a big no. one. <laughs> it was nuts. Like <clears throat> a couple of highlights in there. Right away, Sunshine Machine go for the belt. So they have the bell go. Um, aces and no one two one like run to the outside to get ladders and sunshine machine mambo just gets up on tk shoulders and just goes for about straight away and then that goes into like a ladder spot where he's balancing on the two um then we get fucking uh, we get tk like just running around the outside of the ring like cleaning house on everyone before he climbs back in hits them that massive shooting star press onto Dorit on top of the ladder which was right in front of us in that corner up on the balcony was was unreal um there was also a spot where I think it was Sunshine Machine and Aces got up onto the ladder. Dan Maloney was underneath and then manages to lift up the ladder with them on and just fucking rocks them both off, which was nuts. Um, it was a really funny kind of like dynamic with the crowd because everyone was either like clearly very behind 0121 or very behind smoke uh, behind Sunshine Machine and no one was behind think- Smoking Aces. And they even shouted like, no one likes Smoking Aces. <laughs> I think as well, though, like a lot of the crowd kind of like, were won over by uh, Sunshine Machine so by the end everyone wanted Sunshine Machine oh yeah absolutely absolutely Um, there was a a nut spot where you got double pile drivers onto the ladders from Smoking Aces to Sunshine Machine which was really cool Um, well so we get Mambo just leaping off ladders like here there and everywhere like a fucking madman Um, Doris hit a really cool looking blockbuster from the top rope onto Mambo Um, what else have we got Uh, there was the Onto the ladder where he nearly died. Yeah, later on that was vicious because he, he caught his neck. It looked rough. Um, we got there was a really cool Dudley spot between TK and Mambo, where TK just slaps Mambo and goes get the tables, and then that's when Mambo goes to the outside, looks for the table, but actually pulls out a fucking surfboard, and then they set that up in the middle of the ring. They have the surfboard between the two ladders, and then they have another ladder which goes from one of them to the corner, which is then we, we get that kind of sequence before the end of the match and. Doris takes a, a rough landing um, onto the back of his neck. Um, and then the finishing spot was Sunshine Machine on the ladder and like the board. And they hit their finisher, which they called Designated Driver, which I, I didn't realize that what it was called. It's essentially like a white, like an assisted white noise with uh, a double stump from TK, like hitting Mambo and the guy that's doing it, but like through the surfboard, which is fucking nuts. Um, and yeah, and they, they climb up and win the belts. It was absolutely batshit crazy um such a good opener like for for the show for for day two it was just on fire and that set the bar so high for the rest of the show yeah it got everyone like kind of like in a really good mood as well because like it was the baby faces winning it was like pro party atmosphere after they're like the the, the beach balls at the start like when they came out they were beach balls like bouncing yeah man it's so good so 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 good yeah it's really cool so that's uh that's my number four Fair. Wait, so just before we move on, um, I actually, I, I obviously I wasn't at the show for this. I did watch it. It dropped on demand last week. Quite timely. It was a really fun match, but Jesus Christ, it was shot like shit. I could not 
I think it sort of took some of the shine off. I couldn't mm. really follow it very well. Um, yeah, it sort, of, it, sort of, it sort of dulled it a little bit. Like, but yeah, I can imagine being there live; it would fucking bang. So, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. So you you say that right? So in the Discord, as we speak live, uh, they're talking about the Mox and Osprey match uh, from I uh, New Japan Strong. It was when they did it. It was. Uh, when do you say your eye? It was there. You go. That was the show. It was that. Uh, it was a good match, but the camera kept cutting out. Ah. I, I literally paid for the show for that one match. It was a good match. Oh, did you, did you do a little sad, mate? Was it? A... I did a sad because the camera kept cutting out. The finish Just was fantastic right. as well, but it did take you out of said match. Do you have to get a happy meal to cheer you up? Uh, I probably <laughs> did. Yeah. Uh, anyway final three top three Uh, the podium places you you can tell mines are going to be vastly different from you guys but it's fine Uh, number three we're going to Wrestlemania baby are we? yeah what you got for us? oh Oh, I I know exactly what this is I know what this is You have clearly forgotten about this match because it's Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. Oh my god, Let's yeah. Go. Wow. <laughs> what an entry. Fuck yeah. This is up there on level of Salinas with like Anarchy in the Arena, isn't it? Like it's just fucking nonsense. And it's oh. it's just it, so fun. It did exactly what it said on the tin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had yeah, the jackass yeah. match you wanted it to be. Fucking ridiculous, and it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ticked all way. those boxes. Like, I, even, I even, the botch, even the botches during the match gave it life. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah, expect yeah. anything else. <laughs> Mate, there were some spots in that. Like, they had a few of the Jackass crew come out, didn't they? Like, Wee Man was out there and fucking Party Boy. Yeah. And you had the, they what's should, it called? They should replace um, Wee Man slamming Sammy with a. Uh, they should put that in place of it, Hogan slamming Andre. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the slam heard around the world. They had the giant hand. Which, Just, you know, that giant it, hand spot was hilarious because I sadly, like, it uh, came from absolutely nowhere. Like I didn't even see them set that up. And I, sadly, giant hand got released shortly after Mania and is now all elite. Boo. No, um, but yeah, I, I, I popped fucking hey. giant hand. That was that was my moment of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even pinning them with a giant mousetrap. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they couldn't get it to work initially as well, and it just added to the fucking nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great Sammy, shout. My Sammy, only, my only, criticism, my only criticism of the entire match is it didn't feel like we got any like the big jackass names. No, uh, like no Steve-O. No, Steve-O, no well, hey, who else? Who else other than Steve-O did you want? Bam wasn't going to be there. Come on. No, there, there was no, there was no Preston. There was no Stevo. There was no. I thought Preston was there. Yeah, he was. He was in the build-up, but he wasn't actually at the match. I'd have liked to see. I'd have liked to see Preston do a fucking Vader bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. But for yeah. what we got, for what it was, for what it could have been, and what it ended up being. It was oh something. mate, yeah. It was literally fifteen minutes of a game of mousetrap, and it was <laughs> fine. Human mousetrap on the <laughs> on the world's biggest stage. <laughs> <laughs> What's not to like? That's a great shout. I completely forgot about that. Amazing. <laughs> hey, turn. Moving on. 
Top three, Ben. Back to the actual wrestling. Crack Number on. three. You want some proper? <laughs> you want about actual wrestling. wrestling? There was a body slam in there. Come on. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> my bad. So uh, let's see if we get this one through. I've got John Moxley versus Willie Ether. Um, I had it lower. Yeah, so I think everyone's shot the low with this one. Uh, this was just phenomenal. So this was you want to talk about a match that makes somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This match yeah. was the arrival of Willie Ether. Um, so for, for a bit, there's a bit of storyline here as well. So Willie Ether had fought Moxley. Was it twice before? Yeah, this was the third time he fought him. Yeah. Yeah, and both like the first time he'd kind of destroyed him like in minutes. The second time it took a little bit longer, but he didn't really get a lot of offense in. And this was like the third match. This was Wheeler really trying to step up and, and sort of prove himself. And there was also like a parallel story running where he was sort of seeking approval from Regal as well. Like like after the match, uh, a match previously, Regal had used Regal to Regal and Regal had slapped him and used for it sort of like stood up to him like saying, yeah, go on, give us another one. Yeah. So we, we used to, at the time, was in the best friends, like kind of a goofier, like sort of more, sort of happy-go-lucky group and this was him sort of transitioning to like no I just want to be a murder boy now uh, I want to do killing so and basically Moxie just he just this was like an initial like this trial by fire initiation Moxie just beat the ever-living fuck out of him yeah it was like a sp- there was a month of this year where I just faded out of AEW completely like I just had no time at all so I did miss the whole Blackpool Combat Club like starting I think I just put an L in Clombat there, but it's fine. Clombat Club. Clombat Club. Club, but it's fine. Uh, Yeah, so I missed all that, and I came back to Wheeler Utah just beating the piss out of people and doing, like, actual wrestling and not with the best friends. I'm like, right, clearly I've missed someone, but it's a positive. (laughs) I mean, and this this match, it was all about, like, like, Wheeler was never going to beat Moxley, but it's just about, like, how much shit he could take, basically. And it ends with... Um, Wheeler getting the handshake off Regal, getting sort of accept, getting accepted in. It's like his sort of rite of passage, and then writing BCC on his chest in his own blood. Yeah, there, there was a lot of a lot of blood in this match. Uh, Mox like puts like Uta's head against the steps and like stamps on the back of it. Um, Uta was and- pissing blood by the end of this, yeah. like like ridiculous. But it, as you say, it was a proper star making moment, like an arrival match, like. This is Wheeler like, Utah. So if you, you don't know it, who he is, now you fucking do. Yeah. You said earlier, Troy, that um, obviously Seth Rollins has been on a, a tear this year. He's had a career year. I think Moxie's having a career year as well. I think it's a good it's a good year to be a former Shield member. Mm. Um, Moxie's got this some uncanny ability. Oh, fuck all the way. Roman's getting paid, isn't he? So, you know, fair enough. <laughs> um, but Moxie's got this, like, weird ability to just batter the piss out of someone whilst making them look really, really good. Mm. And I don't quite know how he does it because all he does is beat the shit out of some people, but he does it in a way he, he just gives them enough like offense in to make them look like really good as well. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's a fine art and he's he's probably the best like I've seen do it in recent memory. Yeah. Agreed. hundred percent agree. Yeah, John John Moxley's fucking awesome. Again. I'm glad he's back. He's 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 come back like fucking Satan, like he's he's a man possessed. Like since he's come back from rehab, and he is on an absolute tear. He is, mm-hmm. you know, he, I, I I fear for Punk when he comes back for this. For this time <laughs> match, put it that way. Yeah. Um, hey, Jay. Yeah. Hit me with no. Um, you had Anakin at number four. I had Anakin in the arena at number five. I had, I had a six. I had it four. So is it time well, to I talk about Anakin? Time. Had- 
final. Okay, okay, now. So let's talk about Anarchy at the Arena. This was like if a wrestling match is a fever dream. So come come out. Uh, Moxie's music just carries on playing as they're fighting. Twice. For, it looped around twice. Yeah. For New like Jack the, style. Until Jericho <laughs> literally caught the floor. Like ripped the soundboard apart. Yeah. But even that, like the fact that Jericho pulling the plug on it, like played into the match was fucking brilliant. Mm. Yeah. Um, it was absolute chaos. There was a bit where Eddie Kingston and Matt Manata the piss and blood fighting in the back. Eddie Kingston's covering a mustard. Yeah. Um, Knocking him through the merch stand and uh, everything. <laughs> yeah. There was the bit where Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia go into a lift and then you don't see Daniel Garcia again. With, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're coming up with a bottle of fucking gasoline covered in blood, Nuts. looking like a serial killer. Um, and there was a bit when Moxley opened a um, a cooler to check it was full of stuff it, and, then yeah, just, yeah, yeah. and then just like, saw that it was <laughs> full it. and then just hooped it at Jericho's face. Uh, yeah, Moxley getting thrown off the top rope through the uh, table with the barbed wire board on it. Yeah. Was- so this was the first time I really enjoyed that Moxley and Jericho had really interacted since their title feud. Mm. That's true. And, yeah, like, yeah. All, all of that like bad blood just came right back up mm-hmm. and onto the surface and like, Moxley was just like, oh yeah, I remember I hate you now and like I'm going to do bad things to you and it was pretty much them for the entirety of the match like everyone did their little bits but it was, yeah, it was just they them. were like they were like the through like put of like the, the vein that ran through the entire match. that's it, it like yeah, yeah. other people can't like you say like other people cameoed in and like all of a sudden like 2.0 got put through tables and then like you know jake hager did things and he mm. was there <laughs> like um <laughs> yeah it was and then like you say eddie kingston coming down looking like you know he's just like survived being locked in a closet with freddie krueger like <laughs> Even from even from the very off of the match, <clears throat> even before the match has started, when Justin Roberts announced the match and he was about to announce it, he stopped and he just went, ah, shit's about to hit the fan. That was yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that said it. It's fucking gold. And then you got Jericho Appreciation I, Society coming out looking like Backstreet Boys and then the rest of the guys coming through the crowd to Mox Music, each getting introduced individually. And it, as you say, like the, the music kept going, and even when that was playing, like right, fuck it, it's kicking off, and it, it that was it. It was fucking awesome. There was some hilarious, like not just spots, but even like little moments and gestures. Like it was the bit where like Jericho was like trying to gouge the eyes of Mox with the sunglasses, and then he put them on, and he turned around, and there's one of the lenses missing, and then they try and get on the mobility yeah. scooter, and it wouldn't fucking start. Even <laughs> like both of them trying to start that little and mobility Jericho was like scooter. trying to pretend he's been knocked out, but he's trying to turn the key. <laughs> 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 like Danielson yeah. smashing like fucking uh what's his name thingy parker's face into like like full on into the lens and they're like oh yeah this just happened they cut back to it you just see like the camera at the back of the crowd his face just like whoosh, straight away yeah so good um, man yeah like the these kind of chaotic like multi-man matches i feel like AEW really like kind of carved themselves a niche for stuff like this mm. like the other the two stadium stampede matches that they did during the pandemic and it was always like, well, how are they going to do that with a crowd? And this was it. Yeah. And it, it didn't lose the magic of like the stadium stampede matches. It was just as, if not more fun. Mm. And uh, like the whole time I was just sat there like with a big grin on my face going, this is fucking ridiculous. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So also like, like the way they the way they set this match up, like Jericho initially says, right, we're going to do stadium stampede three because they do it all the time at double nothing. And Moxie was like, nah, mate. The crowds are back and we ain't doing that bullshit no more. We're going to do arena violence. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you're going to have to. Yeah. But, like, yeah. yeah we're, we're, gonna, we're just going to have a big old fight. Yeah. 
as gold. Like yeah, and- the bit where they like they he mocks like broke the ring up, didn't he? he was like unscrewing the turnbuckle, and then that ended that turn into a lot of different spots of them using various bits and pieces of it. Yeah, and credit to the comments, the commentators as well, because you had Regal's on commentary, wasn't he? You had Excalibur, uh, Shivani, and JR. Mm. And all of them were just like, like, I was just like, what the fuck's going on? But still managing to kind of call the match. I was like, yeah. <laughs> how how do you call something like this? And they still managed the, the to do fact, a pretty decent job. Yeah, the fact that they managed to do it while reacting like we were. Mm-hmm. Just, it was, it, I think it added to, to the presentation of the match as well. Yeah. The end of it was was really good. Like the, the finish of the match where it was like um Brian like like fucking like hulking up and just going, I'm gonna fucking ki- I'm gonna kick his fucking head in, like yeah. audibly saying and I'm gonna do that. And then it went into the finish where he, he eventually gets tapped out by Hager and Jericho. So I think they use the they use the turnbuckle, don't they? Or they, they use something they yeah. batter his they leg. The ring ropes, they, they choke him out with the ring ropes. Well, they no, no, they, the they they use yeah. something else to he batter his out. leg, don't they? And Jericho yeah. puts him in in the walls of Jericho, yeah. and then Hager gets the ring rope and chokes him out. That yeah. as a visual was was incredible. Like to, also, to end so the match. We said about Eddie coming down. So um, Danielson's got Jericho like in the bell lock, yeah. and Eddie comes down and just pours gasoline over like both of them. And it's when because he, he Eddie, doesn't care. He's just yeah. like, I just want to set Jericho on fire. I don't care who's near him. I don't care what's happening. And it's only when Eddie like pulls the lighter out of his pocket, and Brian's just like, no, 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 none of that. And then they get <laughs> into a brawl, and Mox is trying to break them up from fighting. Yeah, and it, it added into like obviously like before Danielson got injured, which was within this match, wasn't it? Um, like they, they were definitely teasing. They were going down like the road of Eddie versus Danielson, and even. Even that, like they managed to like work around that there was something. But the most passive aggressive worst thing that Danielson could have done was name his replacement being Claudio Casignoli, and he did it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, who, who does Kingston hate the most? Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah the, the one person yeah. he has a problem with more than like that. It's like it's like his top three is like Danielson, Punk, and Claudio in like that order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it just it. I I love this storyline. I think it's fucking awesome. Um, yeah. And it, it if they keep doing like big multi man matches like this for like the rest of the year, I won't be disappointed. Um, but saying that, like at the same time, like use them sparingly. Like while stuff like this is fun, okay. don't then start to overdo it and it loses its shine. Like mm. they're doing a very I, good job and have done so far of having stuff uh, like this. Well, it's like they have that. They have that one big. Like multi-man feud every year, don't they? Like two years yeah. ago, blood and guts or stadium I mean, stampede. It, it, it always includes Jericho for some reason. But like, Loves like that. two years, two years ago it was the Inner Circle versus the Elite. Last mm. year it was the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. Now it's the Jericho Society versus like Eddie Kingston's nut jobs. It's like <laughs> Kingston's Mad Men. <laughs> like even if even if they just like did it like on on like they were fighter vest coming up on something like that where they just went. All right, we'll do one last blow off. Like I wouldn't be disappointed because mm. the Sorry. track record speaks for itself. The fact that I've got one of the honourable mentions in Blood and Guts, and I've got Anarchy in the Arena. Yeah, the it's, like, it's like say what you will, like Chris Jericho. This is the type of shit he can put together in his sleep, and he does it so well. Yeah, yeah. This, this is this is what he's clearly got the gift for, like being able to piece together these like madass matches, and he he, he does such a great job of it. It's, yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, yeah. So two or three, then number three. Uh, my number three 
Uh, let me just find it on my list. Uh, that was Anarchy in the Arena. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? There it is. Uh, my number three entry is from Progress Chapter 131, the 10th anniversary show at the Garage in London. And it was the Progress Tag Team Championships gauntlet match between uh, the champions at the time, Smoking Aces, Northwest Strong, Lycos Gym, Sunshine Machine, and the 0121. So we mentioned uh, a couple of entries previous um their match at progress super strong style in the, the three-way ladder match um and this was the kind of the start of that whole thing so as i say smoking aces went into the match uh, as champions and their whole thing was they they'd sort of semi-formed within the, the pandemic era or what progress called the, the peckham era because they were doing shows at like the the peckham theater or something like a kind of uh, closed door show uh, and that's when uh, Smoke and Aces won the championship. So they were champions for, uh, they had a reign at the time going into the show of 185 days. The championships were vacated prior to that. Um, and their whole thing was that they'd beaten every tag team within Progress's division and they still weren't getting the respect they deserved. So they just said, right, fuck it. We'll, we'll do a gauntlet match and we'll put ourselves in at number one to prove that we are still the best team. And this is why we're champions. Um, so yeah, they come out as number one and they face uh Northwest Strong comprising of uh Ridgeway and Jacobs. Um, really frantic start, just slapping the piss out of each other, just stiff as fuck, as you'd expect from Northwest Strong. Um, that was really, really good. And then uh the finish of, of that first match was Jacobs goes for I think what's their finisher called? Um on your head or on your head son, I think they call it. Um, yeah. it goes through that, but Sterling manages to roll through, rolls him into a pin. And as Ridgeway's trying to get to him to break up the pin, um, Riley's holding him from the outside of the ring, like putting his legs back. So they go through and then the next team out is Lycos Jim. And then the pace just like quickens as it, as it does with, with Lycos Jim and just gets a bit frantic. Loads of really cool, like tandem offense moves. Um, Lycos Jim bring out the, the little kind of side pouch that they have the baking tray in. And you always know that that's going to kind of come into play at some point, which it does eventually. Uh, and I think it's Lycos 2 tries to distract the referee while Lycos, uh, Kid Lycos gets the, the tray. And he goes to twat it around the head, but the referee turns around and he sees it. So they get DQ'd. So Smoke and Aces continue into the third match of the gauntlet, which is against Sunshine Machine. Um, Sunshine Machine come out as like the big faces. They've got like two bottles of water and they give it to Smoke and Aces and they're just like, you know, you've, you've run the gauntlet so far. Like, you, you must be knackered. Here's some water. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll have a refresh. And they turn around. They spit the water in the face of Sunshine Machine. And then again, like, things kick off. And then we get some, like, just a load of fucking batshit moves. Like, pace quickens up again. But we get some really big high-flying spots in and out of the ring. Um, there's a really cool moment where TK hits a double Spanish fly um, on both members of Smoking Aces uh, from the top turnbuckle. Um, TK hits a shooting star press, uh, nearly gets the win. Sterling makes a save. Sunshine Machine then hit their, um, what's it called? They hit a Death Valley driver into like a double knees, uh, like double knees gut buster, and they pick up the win. And then Smoke and Aces are out. And that's that's the big turning point of the match because up until that point, Smoke and Aces looked super strong, like 
coming through champions, cementing our place, coming at number one, and then Sunshine Machine coming as the favourites. They managed to beat them with that. Smoking Aces then shake their hands, so playing into the start of the match, which was really nice, where they refuse to shake their hands. They spit the water in their face and they, they shake their hands. And then the last team out are 0121, Man Like Derice and Dan Maloney. Uh, and then even before 0121 have got into the ring, Sunshine Machine is just like, yep, fuck it, like kick straight off, like dives from the ring to the outside, like into the ring apron. Um, and then again, loads of batshit back and forth, absolutely nuts. Um, a couple of standout moments, one where Derice hits an epic Canadian destroyer off the top rope onto TK. Um Mambo then uh, is perched on top of TK's shoulders and gets speared into oblivion from Maloney off the top rope. Uh, but then into the finish, Maloney then hits Driller. Um, hits, sorry, Maloney hits the Driller on TK. Uh, and then Derice hits a 450 splash and 0121 uh, become the champions. But the reason that this was higher up on my list than their progress match is because I felt this told a little bit more of a story. So the whole thing was, as I said, Smoking Aces had beaten all the teams in this match on the way. and they weren't getting the recognition they deserved. And this was their chance to prove it. And then that kind of swerve where it was just like suddenly, okay, they've been beaten by Sunshine Machine. Everyone's behind Sunshine Machine, right? Yep, they're going to win it. They've just beaten the champions the champions are at. And then that switch of 0-1-2-1 coming in at the end and beating it was just unreal. So, so good. Such a good tag team match. So uh, yeah, that's that's my number three. There was there was that real like big brawl through the crowd as well when I won two one coming. Yeah, because uh, as Darius is doing the rap, doesn't don't deep dive on Darius and then they start. Oh fuck yeah! Hang on, did I note it down? I did note it down. That's the the moment where they they fight up to the bar, don't they? And Darius does yeah, the fucking the splash off the top it. of the bar. They were right next to us. Right next. To us yeah, the bar, yeah, 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 yeah. It was just yeah. awesome. It's really good. It. Yeah, I think as well, like that that match especially made when Sunshine Machine won the tag titles at, in the ladder match, it made it mean a lot that more. Much more. Yeah. 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 Because like they had like the bad blood with like both of the teams. Mm. Um yeah, I, I really enjoyed that match. Um yeah. it was very good. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. As a baby. Aaron, your 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 runner up, please, mate. Number two. That's, that's Dawson Spanish. There you go. Thanks, uh, Reese. Uh, we're going to we're going to open said Forbidden Door. Uh, since we've not actually been to this show yet, I don't the know. Forbidden Door. The uh, Forbidden Door. Ooh. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Will Osprey. Orange Cassidy. Uh, nice. You guys seen my reaction to the match on. When we watched it together, did. You, you missed everywhere. I missed all over the place. We'll <laughs> <laughs> oh. see a bit behind you on the wall. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not lights. That's all just musicals. Musicals. <laughs> I mean, this was this was after, this was this was absolutely match of the night, wasn't it? Oh, by oh, far, yeah. without a doubt. But, yeah, I, and it, it, me and Jay said it on the review as well. Like all the people who said. Like who were pissed off when the match got announced, and like, oh, why, why is Orange Cassidy getting to rest this match? We'll fucking exhibit a bitches. I, I, th- mm. I think I spoke about it in the news when it came up, and I had a like five minute rant about this. 
So if you would like to hear me moan and complain about dirty Twitter marks, go listen to the news podcast. Yeah. <laughs> was that this week's or, la- or anything it. else? Was that uh, this week's or last week's news? It was before. It was before Forbidden Door, but okay. also I moan about something yeah. every week. So All right, there then. you go. Uh, I tell you do. Yeah, fast-paced action. Orange Cassidy, great character. Will Osprey. Great character. Some would say too close to character, but it's fine. Um, is it? Yeah. <laughs> is it? Uh, yeah. Uh, heel versus baby face. Both do fast-paced action. Go watch it. I mean, Six hours boxes, fast-paced. This, this felt very similar to Orange Cassidy versus Pack, which was Cassidy's first proper match in AW. Yes. In that you, you absolutely knew that he was going to lose. But, but he's going to look good doing it. But it's just a case of how close is he going to get. And they mm. also made you disbelieve for that solid three seconds and one of the falls as well. Well, that's it. Like, I mean, they, oh, they, did, they, they did the same thing in the in the three-way with Pack and Kenny. Like, yeah. you, going in, you had no idea. You, you were convinced that Orange wasn't going to win, but there was that one moment, that one three count, like where it got yeah. to 2.9, you thought, oh, shit, it's on here. Like, you believe in that moment, you, your suspected disbelief just disappears. It's just, it all just goes in flames. Yeah, it's just ah, oh, it's unreal. Like that is by far the I, I think the best like global TV match I think where I'm gonna have this year. I I can't see anything beating it for me anyway. It was I mean just from a, from a purely te- I mean their chemistry. We mean Jason. The chemistry, the, the chemistry was off the charts. Those two yeah. would wrestle forever, yeah. and and it would just it would never get like it would never be shit. Ever. Yeah, it's yeah. just fantastic. Uh- I do hope they do a rematch at like another Forbidden Door event between these two because I, th- yeah. I think now they've kind of like put like they've quieted the naysayers they'll really mm. go fucking above right and top it next time yeah, you wrestle yeah. hear me out it. put the IWGP US title on Orange Cassidy in the next six months and then make it a ladder match between him and Osprey uh, the US title is mainly on strong these days anyway isn't it so you could defend it imagine so imagine can... Orange v Kenta yeah. In oh, Christ. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the book, Tony. You know, it makes sense. <laughs> Orange, Orange just kicks the title down the ramp. Wait, it's fine. Just dragging it behind him like a, like a school bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love it. Tasty. Is it your, your runner-up? Yeah, my, my runner-up. So, it's one that's, so both of mine have been mentioned before. I, I'm claiming them. Hopefully, I don't think anyone else has got this. Uh, Lee Moriarty versus Takeshita, a prestige wrestling in the new reality. Jay had it earlier. Yeah. So, um, a this lot was, was... Well, a, a lot was made of Takeshita versus Speedball, which was excellent. But this match was multitudes better, I thought. I mean, there was bad blood in the sense that Lee Moriarty was shit-talking Cinnabon. So so this this match basically sprung out of, yeah, Lee Moriarty drop-kicking a Cinnabon in a field. So if if you're not aware, Takeshi's come to the US on this sort of excursion for a year from DDT to sort of learn. And he's he's going to be mostly based in AW, but he's he's basically doing the Lord's work all over the US indie scene as well. Um, He's just wrestled Daniel Garcia, didn't he, at PWG? Yeah, which apparently was also ridiculous. Yeah, he's just, he's just basically just collecting stars all across America. He's going to come back with more than on the the top lot on the US flag. He's in the um, UK in September. He's at a couple of progress shows in August, thirteenth August. Oh, was it August? Okay. 
I know yeah. because I'm about to book tickets to go and see him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he is um, he is some sort of weird phenom of like he's basically like, he's basically like if they if they just rebooted um, a Carter but with a bit of Tanahashi in him as well. Oh, oh. And so this match, yeah, it basically starts. So Takesh has got like really into Cinnabon, and he's been posting like on Twitter about being there all the time. And so Lee Moriarty was like, "Well, fuck you." And Tian's pretzels are better. And then he had a bit of beef on Twitter. And then brilliant. Um, Moriarty drop kicked the Cinnabon across a field to sort of bring up the beef. And then they they just basically went out and had an absolute banger of a match. So Speedball versus Takesh was really really good. Speedball's a big flippy dude, obviously, but Moriarty's much more technical. I know Aaron, you know Moriarty very well. Yeah, I, I know from GCW, yeah. Uh, fantastic wrestler. They like, were, they, even, like, even though I, I'll probably just sit there and look at the screen and go, this is wrestling on a GCW show. Aye, that's correct. <laughs> they, There's something special about Lee Moriarty. I think the thing, the thing that they describe on commentary in this match actually about Lee Moriarty, which sums him up perfectly, is he's so like, they, they say, it's something like they say he's, fluid he's fluidly adaptive so he makes himself like water in the sense that he can kind of like just adapt to whatever style the match is like doing so if he needs to do a technical masterpiece he can if he needs to do a bit more of a hard hitting strong style match like this one he can a um, little bit like Aiken just... yeah you mean a lot like Aiken Axiom, Axiom. shut Axiom. up don't, don't shut up, up. <laughs> shut up I need to listen to yeah. the NXT review this week just to hear Troy lose his fucking mind with when that pops up. Nah, do you know yeah. what? I didn't. I didn't, actually. I, I was quite reserved. He's a math nerd now, mate, and he's going to be wondering why all the girls won't do deep kissing with him. <laughs> oh, God, no. Don't, don't ruin it for he, me. He's basically going to be Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, to get back to this, so... I, I don't want to keep comparing these two matches, but I feel like we sort of have to based on like the sort of the the, the furor around both of them. The Bailey match was was excellent, it was really good fun. But as Jager said, Moriarty's much more fluid and adaptive. It felt more like they were this felt more like a dance, like a, a collaborative effort. Whereas the other one was just them two doing moves like one after another. This had more flow. It had more back and forth. Moriarty was an excellent foil for Takesta's like vicious knees and clotheslines and like but then Moriarty was doing like submission and grabbing every time Takeshita was leaving an appendage out Moriarty was latching onto it and sort of you know put, punishing him for like extending on these strikes and it was it was a it was a beautiful beautiful match mm. probably the best pure wrestling I've seen like all year oof yeah the, right. there was also that DDT on the stage which looked like Lee Moriarty was going to actually die <laughs> yes <laughs> and that yeah there was that as well let's not forget about that and because it's Takeshita, he won by just kneeing Moriarty in the face really, really hard. Nice. Kill! It's, it's free on YouTube. Um, I think that I, I have put the link in Discord already. I'll put it in again hmm. um, later on because it's it's definitely like if you if you got like 20 minutes to kill, it's really, really fun. Yeah, it, it's, 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 free on, it's free on YouTube. It's on Discord. I've posted it like six times. Just go and fucking watch it. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. I stand by that. Uh, I've got a funny, funny feeling. This this isn't your number two, Troy. It's going to be your number one. Uh, Karen Wavis, Spike Trevay, mm, I quit, man. It's higher up for me, pal. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which brings me to, to my number fair, two, then. <clears throat> to be fair, my one and two literally come down to a coin toss in the end. Yeah. 
I have not even could I come down to the coin toss. I couldn't choose. I'm interested to know what your number one is. Uh, but we'll find out in a minute. Uh, my number the two, same, probably. Pardon? That's probably the same as Big Tasties. <laughs> uh, my number two comes from NXT UK on January the 27th. Ilya Dragunov versus Jordan Devlin in an empty arena match for the NXT UK Championship. Um, one of the cool things about this, well, there's there's a lot of cool things about this, but um, like a little tidbit fact, if you like, um, it was 23 years, almost within a day or two, uh, of the halftime, uh, the halftime, what's it called, match yeah. between The Rock and Mankind in their empty arena match. Uh, halftime heat. Halftime heat, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this was also the the, the build-up for this was was superb. Um so Ilya's whole thing was that he he fed off the fans. His first match back in front of crowds post-pandemic was against Walter when he beat Walter uh for the NXT UK championship at takeover 36, I think. Um so his whole thing was oh I, I feed off the crowd and this, that, and the other. Devlin was just like, well, if that's the case, see how you are without the crowd. I'm going to take the crowd away from you and then I'll, I'll prove you're a fraud, basically. Started name dropping um, uh, Dragunov's child, like Constantine. Um, there was, I can't quote it, I can't remember what it was, but it was something along the lines of um, about beating him up so bad that basically Constantine, his child, like Dragunov's child, would have to assist Dragunov like he'd have to look after him. Like he was, he was going to cripple him. This is off the back of like Devlin losing the cruiserweight championship unification against Escobar, where he just went on a proper tear up. He had a match uh, a few weeks prior against a kid where if you've not seen it, there's a, a vicious spot where he just folds a kid in half and just, it looks like he snapped his leg in about fucking 15 different places. Um, so Devlin's coming into this with like kind of just monster heat. Um, as I said, the promos going into it are great. Um, right off the bell, like Jordan just headbutts Dragunov uh, to, to gain the advantage before Dragunov's even like kind of take his belt off and his jacket and stuff like that. Um, and then it's just a load of stiff offense. They start to brawl to the outside of the ring. Um, Dragunov sends Devlin through the barricade. Um, then they just start launching chairs at each other. There's some suplexes on some chairs. They go further back to the backstage area where they've got tables and monitors set up and there's flight cases and stuff like that. Um, there's a spot where Devlin's kind of staggering about just in front of a table. Jordan um, <clears throat> Dragunov goes to launch himself at Devlin and Devlin doesn't even, doesn't even try and counter it like through exhaustion, just falls to the floor and as, as Dragunov launches himself up, Devlin falls over. Dragunov just smashes through the table. They then have a bit of more back and forth against like the flight cases and stuff like that and just cracking each other's head off those. Um, there's, a I think, a shooting star, a, a moonsault off the top of one of the flight cases um, from Devlin to, to Dragunov. And then Dragunov's kind of sandwiched between two of them and he, he runs, one, like one's got wheels on, he smashes along the floor into his head just really, really brutal. Um, then there's uh, a spot in the ring where, where I think the a table set up and they kind of tease Devlin trying to get him inside, like get him up for Devlin inside and, and can't quite get it. Um, then there's a 
eventually Ilya hits like a death valley driver spot through the table. Um, despite like it having Devlin up on his shoulders and having his eyes raked and getting elbows in the neck, like manages to keep him up there and smash him through the table. But the really the, like the, the, the final kind of few moments of this match and the whole thing was really good. And I'll explain why afterwards, but the final few moments were really good. Ilya goes for his finisher torpedo Moscow, which is essentially him just yeeting his entire body into his opponent. Um, but Devlin had been kind of constantly going for the eyes and the head and stuff throughout the match. And, and Ilya kind of like rages up and then he holds his eyes and he falls down in the corner. And um, Devlin says, you can't do it. You can't do it about your fans. Do it for Constantine. And then Devlin like levels him up, like hits him with a massive headbutt, spikes him with a really good brain buster, gets a 2.9 count, which Dragunov kicks out of. Then Devlin rolls to the outside. He's looking about. He picks up, he eventually finds some cable ties and he comes back in, like whips the shit out of him with cable ties, ties him up by his wrist. This whole time, like Dragunov's like mumbling in Russian and saying all of this stuff and just in absolute desperation. And Devlin just screams at him and says, you can leave here by walking out or you can have them roll you out, but you don't get to leave with that title. And then he sets him up on the steps that are already in the ring, puts Dragunov's head on the steps, goes to absolutely cracking with the chair. He moves out of the way. Devlin smashes the chair down like his hands are all over the place. And then Ilya uses the steps for elevation with his hands tied behind his back in the cable ties to eventually hit the torpedo Moscow and pick up the win. It was absolutely incredible. But it was a really, really good example where they didn't need to rely. And obviously it's WWE. There's not going to be blood unless it's accidental. But where it was so violent and it was so stiff and it was so hard hitting. But it didn't have to rely on loads of props, loads of this, loads of that and the other. It was so simplistic. And there was no crowd there to kind of amplify it up. It was very raw and it was very real and it was just superb. And as I say, the the promos, the storyline, and it only had maybe a couple of weeks build. Everything going into that was superb. And they had a match a little day a little later down the line, which was a loser leaves NXT UK. We know how that went. Obviously, Jordan Devlin is now in NXT 2.0 under the name of JD McDonough, McDonough Kebab, whatever. Um, but it, it was just such a good match. It was superb. And as I say, a, a really good example where there didn't need to be blood. There didn't need to be countless amounts of weapons and stuff like that, but just told such a good story. And um, yeah, it was outstanding. So yes, yeah, so that's my number two. Yeah, that was a good was a hell of a monologue. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, de- I only watched it again earlier on just to recap. So I took a lot of notes. So there was a lot of stuff I missed out there, but just, yeah, man, it, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Fair enough. Uh, right then, through to, we've made it. We're here. We've arrived. Uh, hopefully they're all, are they all different? I think me and Jay might be the same, maybe. Um, mine and yours are going to be identical. Yeah. So Aaron, go on. Do you want to lead us off with, uh, with something, something wild? Take another shot, boys. It's GCW time. <laughs> Just when you thought it was safe to come back out the bar. It was safe to put the Jager bombs down. Uh, yeah, my number one. It's not a big match that anyone really talks about or that. Uh, it's the Tournament of Survival 7 final between Matt Tremont and Drew Parker. Uh, not just for the match itself, but the build-up to it as well. 
Uh, we all know who Matt Tremont is, I assume. Like, deathmatch legend. Like, yeah. Um, Drew Parker, up and coming. I say up and coming. He's been doing it for about 10 years now. Uh, he's, the, he's the prince of death, Matt Treslin, is his nickname. Uh, heavy favourite going into the tournament. Gets to the final. Uh, Matt Tremont never won the tournament of survival, so... Like the build up to it, going through the matches, the 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 commentary in your year going, it can actually happen. He's one match away. Uh, I was so invested in this that separate ways by journey has been on my playlist on repeat for a month now, because <laughs> the crowd were invested by the final of Matrimon winning this thing. Prior to that, did you know who Journey were? Yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, okay. Is that, is that yeah. Tremont's entrance music? Yes. It also features heavily in uh, Lasso's of Stranger Things and it fucking slaps. And it's in Glow as well. Yeah. A, yes, it is. It's, it's, a bang, it's a banging song. <clears throat> that, that's the song he comes out to. And honestly, this young Drew Parker, the fan, the favourite to win the whole thing versus Matt Tremont, Deathmatch Legend, has not won it before. He's won every other Deathmatch tournament, bar this one, essentially. Uh, the match itself is fantastic. Lots of back and forth. Uh, yeah, uh, there's scaffolding involved. There's glass involved. There's tables involved. Not doors, tables. That's how intense. Proper tables. That's how intense this match is. Uh, th- there's darts. There's needles. There's anything you can think of. It's in this match. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, man. I, I, lo- I love the fact that. Troy's just gone on about like loving a match because it didn't need weapons to Aaron Aaron's follow-up it had, had all exactly of the weapons the the scale. <laughs> <laughs> they had needles they had glass they oh. had all the made the weapons so Aaron oh. when, when you when you talk about the story behind this match is it getting to the point now where maybe like this is one of Tremont's like last shots to win this yeah because he was meant to have his retirement tour last year and then he got a bit bored and decided not to do retirement but he is favor of retiring very soon so like this could this might have been the very last time but so who actually wins tell us about the finish well drew parker wins but uh, he hits his finisher on matt tremont he's on and then he, he kicks out one kicks out one boys after getting the finisher done on him which is the same on he done it off the <laughs> scaffolding through glass through a table oh it was beautiful kicks out one goes fucking hit me i dare you he just gets a shit ton of light juice smacks him off the heat quite similar to your rake one earlier on in this and one two three all it took was that one last shot uh that drew parker started this tournament of death with an injury as well (laughs) um he was meant he was meant to be on um the tnc show a few days later uh, yeah, to get pulled off though. Yeah, he was very heavily taped on his leg, and then the tape started coming away at the top, and you could just see uh, a gap. <laughs> yeah, he said he said he was actually at Santa. He came over, but he actually said he had like a really bad infection in his yeah. leg. Yeah, no surprise. Like as a horrific from what I've seen wound. But um, just just to put it in perspective, him and Clint are going to do it in a uh, September GCW. Nice. Which one, Clint or Parker? Um, Parker. Parker, yeah. Yeah. Clint, Clint vs. Parker is going to be on the TNT show. One of the it'd be the TNT the other night one show, yeah. 
I'm all for it, honestly. It's a fantastic match. If you've not seen it, watch the tournament itself. It's great fun. Uh, there's new names in there from Japan that are very good deathmatch wrestlers out of nowhere as well. So they're fun. Uh, yeah, the build-up to it, crowd's fully invested. That's all you need in a match. Awesome. I, I, actually, I'm, I really don't want to chat that out now. <laughs> I've listened to you talk about yeah. it. It's, yeah. uh, you've, you've really got packed my interest there. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, right, Jay, uh, we'll bundle us together, I think, because what is your number one match and why is it FTL versus the Briscoes at Supercard? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's FTL versus the Briscoes at Supercard because it's like, it, it was a dream match. Like, FDR, since leaving WWE, had been trying to get this match to happen in, like, come hell or high water. Mm. Um, for whatever reason, it didn't, it never, like, quite come to fruition. They tried to get it booked in, in AEW, they tried to get it booked in Impact, they tried to get it booked in GCW, tried to get it booked in ROH. They did the angle in uh, Final Battle last year, which was, like, the last ring yeah. on a show before this show this was like the, the kind of return show Ring of Honor went on hiatus it then came out that they'd sold to, sold up to Tony Khan AEW had no reason why they aren't going to do it um, and it was phenomenal from bell to bell it was an incredible story the best team of like the last probably 10 years well what one of the best teams in the last 10 years because obviously the arguments between FTR and the Young Bucks well, I'd say uh, the best team to never sign to a major company. Yeah, agreed. But I, I was agreed. gonna, I was gonna say Briscoes were probably the best year, like the best team of like the two thousands. Like, but yeah, when signed to a, a big company is also a very good analogy. Probably better actually, to be fair. Um, it was, it was one of those matches. So the only thing I can compare it to, like even just the start when the bell rings, is like you know when Danielson and Kenny squared off. And just before they even touch each other, when the bell goes, it's just that like crackle of electricity in the air. It's just that yep. like the atmosphere. It's just like everyone and every like it. They, they it wasn't it wasn't the biggest crowd, but they packed the venue. The, the fans were hot. It, it was, felt like there were four or five times the amount of people in there. Like how hot they were for the start of this match. It was unreal. Yeah, this has been was, like you say, been bubbling for fucking ages. And it was just it was just a masterclass in psychology and uh, in in sort of pacing. Um, like there's the spots where like um, Dax like cuts his hand open and then like but he sell he, he legit sells it like he's punching like Jay Briscoe like on the on the on the top on like the top ten but he's like giving him the ten punches and he just stops halfway through like you know sort of holds his hand mm. and it's amazing. Um, Jay gets put through a table. Mark gets the big hot tag. Uh, the Briscoes hit the big rig. And like you think that's gonna do it, and then like, Cash does that thing where he just fucking teleports from out of nowhere to break the pin, <laughs> and it's it's unbelievable. Um, the Briscoes hit them with everything; they hit the Doomsday device. FD Argus won't go down, and it's like they're, they're they're perfectly balanced. It's it's on a knife edge like the entire match, and it, you're mm-hmm. just gonna feel it's just it, it feels tactical. It feels like they just need that one moment they can just clear the ring and get the and then uh, obviously FDR hit the big rig and yeah they win and it's. Oh my god! It was it's it was it, an emotional roller coaster. It was it was perfection in in sort of how you plan and just run a tag match. It was like twenty eight minutes, but it felt yeah. like fifteen. You know, it was for me. It was it's the perfect example of why tag team wrestling should be 
should be the 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 in, an integral a cog of any promotion. Like it had absolutely everything. Like fucking brutality, submissions, blood, violence, uh, like tactical like kind of just just absolutely everything it's like, it's like when we say and we've said i think i've said it with you on the news before troy and we said on the, when, when i say when done to perfection when done properly tag team wrestling is the highest form of art professional wrestling 100 percent, and this was that it really was it's yeah. just unbelievable this, the, this for me was like the first kind of thing where i was looking at fdr going they're they're having the best year of their career right now like mm-hmm. They they are probably going to finish up the year as tag team of the year. I, no I doubt. Currently, don't see no doubt how how any close to them. Um, and that's not a slight against any other tag team because the quality of tag teams at the moment <laughs> is fucking incredible. Um, also, at time of recording last night, the rematch got announced for this, and I don't think I can be any more excited for a match than that. <laughs> it's going to be silly. It's, yeah, yeah. Like the the thing that about both these teams is if they get if they have a match where it's like this match was fucking amazing, they're going to want to outdo it in every way they possibly can. Um, oh, so I, lo- and, I love how they just got to this next pay per view and like, right, there's no match we can do that's better than the rematch. So let's just do the fucking rematch. Yeah. Let's just run yeah. it back because, like, no, you're not going to get like with respect to any other tag team on the Ring of Honor roster, whatever that is anymore. You're not going to find two better, four better guys to go at it than these four. Mm-hmm. And the 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 way they kind of announced it as well was just great because it was just it was literally like, look, we're on the poster. The the only match anyone's asked about is the rematch. Just let's just do that. Yeah, like that's literally like verbatim what they said, um, and. Like that, they could do that as the build, and I'd be insanely excited more than anything else on the card to that match. And that that shows how good this tag match was. Um, and FTR, like said, WrestleMania, FTR, FTR have done such a fantastic job of themselves of building themselves up. Like when that when Dax cuts that promo and says, "Like, yeah, Cash is basically my brother. He's the man I've known for like, you mm-hmm. know, all my career. You know, and they are like when when they wrestle, like they feel if they feel if you looked at FTR and said." If you put FTR on the Briscoes and said, like, two of these, the guys are brothers and two of these guys aren't, based on how they interact. And the Briscoes are great as well. They're a fantastic tag team. They're, 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 you would, like, no, these guys are obviously related. They know each other so well. They're so in sync. Everything they do is, like, the chemistry is unbelievable. But they're not, like, just, like, two guys who obviously are, are very good friends. But, Jesus, I mean, I can't yeah. say, I can't say enough great that FTR, like you said, Jay, they're, they're just, the books, the books like to say, don't they, to race the second place with them in the game. But I think this year, it's it's FTR and then whoever else. Yeah, I mean, let, let's face it, we're probably getting books versus FTR three at all out for all the belts. It's um, a bad it's a bad year for Aaron if you like tag team wrestling because <laughs> it's FTR's year, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a death match. I dare you. He's already sliced himself open yeah. this year. Yeah, again. Yeah, you know, I mean, mate, intentionally this time, mate. You need to watch you these know, Briscoe's matches because they they they, they, they probably they, do it. Well, they piss blood in these Briscoes matches, so it's the yeah. shit you love. Have you not watched this, Aaron? Go and watch it, man. It's fucking superb. Even you'd like it because it's it's not it's not it's not like technical grappling. It's just four guys beating the piss out of each other. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Really is. In hindsight, oh, no, yeah, I, well, I probably should have put it slightly higher on my list. Is it was 
incredible. Yeah. Uh, really as was. I say, like not to take anything away from my number two, if I could have had a joint first, I would. I end up tossing a coin because I genuinely could not choose. But um, yeah, it, this was fucking awesome. Not a lot of wrestle matches I would describe as breathless, but this this was definitely one of them. Like it yeah. was, it was almost like it was almost fatiguing to watch because there was like yeah. that much emotion. It was draining that much emotion out of you mm. watched it. Yeah, absolutely. In a good, in a good, in a very good way, <laughs> in the best way possible. <laughs> it, it felt, it felt like very much like a New Japan match, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, actual like, build, almost wrestling <laughs> the match, and the, mm. the pace of it was very like frenetic. Mm. Right then, uh, do you want to wrap us up, Troy, with your number one match? I mean, I think we've, we've if you've been paying attention to what we've been skipping, we'll all know what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jay's number, was it your number two, wasn't it, Jay? My number two. Your number two, my number one uh, from Progress Super Strong Style 16, day two. Uh, Kara Noir versus the Sovereign Lord Spike Trevay in an I Quit Loser Leaves Progress match. Um, for those that don't know, uh, Spike... Um, Kara Noir is, is a silent man that doesn't say anything. And the, the tagline going into this match was he who speaks leaves, um, which was just really fucking cool. Like that just put a, a, a whole kind of weight on, on the match itself. Um, we were lucky enough to be there in attendance for it. When we came into the building on a merchandise stand, they had the signs that had fuck you spike on it. Um, I can't remember what letter it was. In fact, I've, oh, I've got it somewhere. Where is it? Was- was the it, was, it was the O of the U, wasn't it? it was a it was a, a little black swan. Yeah. yeah, got it. Fucking somewhere. Yeah, there's the, there was the sign that they were giving out that said, uh, "Fuck you, sp-. In fact, there it is. There you go. That's the one. Okay. Still got it. Yeah, yeah. Still got it. Um, yeah, they were giving out the fuck you spike signs, and uh, it was the the crowd were absolutely fucking napalm for it when when it started. Um, it was just brutal from the off. Uh, slaps, kicks, signature moves everywhere. Um, the crowd firmly behind Kara and firmly happy to give it to, to Spike with all of the, the uh, Spike drinks with Boris Chan at one point. Fuck the Tories was another one, as is with always with Spike Trevay matches. Um, some really cool, notable moments. It was a bit where they brought to the outside and Kara from I don't know where it was, managed to grab some sort of special unlockable and, and grab himself a pair of fucking jeans. And it made it a proper street bike because he had jeans on, which is really weird to see Cara Noir in full face paint, but then with a pair of like civilian jeans on, which is hilarious. Um, there's a moment where the fight broke out to the bar. So from where we were still on the balcony, we couldn't quite see what was going on, but the fight broke out and it went through the crowd. Um, and I only saw this back after, after watching it um, on demand later on. Um, Spike was propped over the bar like Kara Noir like chucked him over he was lent over the bar Kara went back towards the ring and Spike actually got a, a champagne bottle like a champagne flute from the bar came up behind like cracked Kara on the head with it um, a few moments later in the match like there there was a pile driver spot on the on the top of the stage um, Spike walks off the lights go dark he doesn't know where Kara Noir is and then Kara Noir comes out from the, the ramp, backlit, absolute fucking like perfect still image with just chairs all over his arms, comes down the ring, uh, attempts to use them on Spike. Um, 
to no avail, Spike like basically wraps like each of his limbs up, both of his arms, both of his legs, and essentially sort of like clipping the wings of the black swan, which was really cool. There was a really nice comment um, uh, from the commentary team that said, what will break first? Will it be his body or his will? Which was really cool. And again, like just added to the, the gravity of the situation. Um, and Cara Noir just won't quit. And every time the microphone goes near him, it's just angry swan noises. Um, and Spike sits on the chair and just says, you don't want, you, you're not going to give up, are you? You don't want to give up. He said, okay, next phase. And then this hush just comes over the audience. Like, the fuck does he mean? Like, next phase? Like, what's going to happen? Um, and then a little later, like, Cara Noir sets up three tables on the outside of the ring, like just in front of the entrance ramp. As he's doing that, Spike grabs a bag from underneath the ring, which has got a fucking mass amount of thumbtacks and lemon juice on it. Like, oh, it was so those thumbtacks. They just oh, kept going. Like, it was just lifetime. a fucking waterfall of thumbtacks. So, like, so yeah. when, so we, we watched this on demand last weekend when it came out, and when the thumbtacks came out, so the only thing Sarah said for like five minutes was, he's not wearing shoes. <laughs> yeah the spot how they then work that in is so Kara gets Spike into the sleeper hold this is when the thumbtacks are already over the ring uh, Spike stands up with Kara on his back and then backdrops him into the spikes uh, sorry into the into the, the tacks but instead of like giving up he just sits back up keeps hold of the sleeper, which is fucking brutal. Spike then rakes his eyes to break out of the sleeper and then sprays the lemon juice all over his back. Um, and then Spike starts to undo like the ring skirt and expose the wood of the ring and everything like that. Um, Karen then drops Spike with a low blow, which like, it's just kind of oh shit like he's he's gone there like this is how much it means he hits a package pile driver on the wooden boards um he then runs backstage gets like a mini trampoline sets that up in the ring drags spike onto the three tables that he'd set up earlier in the match bounces all the way up over the ropes off this trampoline spike dodges out of the way sends Kara through the fucking tables crashing um Spike then goes into the ring, grabs another bag, and that's got uh, a massive chain in it with a padlock, which if you'd watched the, I remember what show it was, 10th anniversary show, he'd used that same padlock to basically, he he cost him, like he came in the end, wrapped him up in this padlock, like chained him to the ropes and just beat the piss out of him, this chair in his back. He brought out that same padlock, which had a a little picture and like a kind of gold disc of, of, Karen Awar as Tom Dawkins. And he's like, this is the real Tom Dawkins. And that same picture had the key on and a key to unlock the, the neck chain. And so he kind of turns his back to, to un, like, there's a, a bit of back and forth, like gets smacked a couple of times, turns his back, tries to open up the key chain. Spike keeps belting on the back as he's trying to desperately undo this chain. And then he manages to do it and Kara's lying on the floor and Spike doesn't know what to do. Like, he's like, I've tried everything. I don't know how to beat him. And then he sort of stops and then just something clicks in his head. Kara's managed to undo himself. Spike walks out of the ring and he grabs Kara Noir's wife by the hair, smashes her head down onto like the court, onto the ring apron, grabs a chair and goes to just belt her over the head. And then you just hear Kara Noir on the microphone just like, no, no, no. I quit, I quit. And the audience is just gasp, deathly fucking silent. It's one of the best matches I've fucking seen in any promotion anywhere in the world. 
you could watch this as one self-contained match and absolutely enjoy it. And you could watch the whole build up to this and enjoy it even more. It was fucking outstanding. So, so good. Yeah. Um, it was a really nice juxtaposition at the start of the show of like the really feel good moment of Sunshine Machine finally winning the belt. Yeah. Um, to at the end, everyone being devastated and distraught because Caranoir is no more in progress. Mm. Uh, I said, I said to you on the day, I I was in the crowd for when the streak ended, and it was the closest feeling to that that I think I'll ever feel at a wrestling show again because yeah. it was that that kind of like sense of like dread and loss and. Mm-hmm. not knowing what to do with yourself and I think everyone just kind of shuffling out like in almost in shock after yeah. the match yeah yeah absolutely I was going to say uh, I, I, watched it, I watched it on the on the, on the band I, did, I wasn't there live I didn't put it in my list because I don't think not being not seeing it when it happened I think I didn't quite get the full impact of it fair. but like even from watching it later on just like that like you say that stunned silence and that was the end of the show like that stunned yeah, silence yeah. And then there was, was nothing not, like, else after like, that Simon Miller didn't come back out or anything or there was mm. no like go home happy it was just like nope show's over off you go Coronado's dead fuck it <laughs> by the way come back tomorrow for the third day of the tournament you're like I don't know if I can face anymore yeah. it's like, it's like <laughs> no I don't I, I just want to go home and have a big cry <laughs> I need a strong drink after this. I think I even said that to you, Jay. <laughs> yeah. The the thing is as well though, after the um after like that, I was I was saying to you next day they should have Spike open the show. Mm. They did, but the way they did it was like on the on the uh, interlude where it was like after the interlude they had Spike just like in the ring and it was like, oh god. Yeah, oh dear. Um yeah, this this was fucking insanely good. Um, can't say enough good about it. Just go watch it. There's, I know there's still another six months left of the year, but it will be hard pushed for for me personally to see something better. Like, and whilst it was like kind of an I queer, like loads of spots and, and weapons, like not even weapons, but just little bits and pieces there was still like decent amount of wrestling in there, but storyline wise, like you, I personally would be hard pushed to find something that tells a better story than that by the end of the year. I still as, think that's going to be in at least my top five by the end of the year, if not as, top three. As Sarah said to me then, like as I was here to talk about this, uh, she was like, certainly knew her. So I, I'd, I'd seen none of this feud. Sarah had never seen either of these two guys wrestle before. And we both like got the entire story completely just mm. off this match. Mm. There was yeah. no like there was no real hype package for Honda, which is what they did in the ring or um, in, in in between from bell to bell. Mm-hmm. They did a perfect job of of explaining of like getting over the stakes, getting over the psychology, the animosity, mm-hmm. the, the rivalry, everything about it was was perfect. Yeah. Super. Yeah. And also, the, the video did do to hype the match as well was fucking amazing. Fuck oh, yeah. Spike and fuck, 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 Spike. fuck the well, Tories. I mean, he's had a bad day today because his boy's gone, but you know. <laughs> Uh, right, before we kick off, I've done a little tally. Kick of, off? Well, we're already kicked. We, we kicked off, off two hours ago, mate. Uh, two and a half hours ago. Fuck me. <laughs> oh, he's fucking starving here. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Tell me that. Getting hungry. Uh, <laughs> 40 matches. Uh, so there was eight things. Uh, New Japan was at the bottom with two out of the 40. Uh a three-way tie for joint fifth, Ring of Honor, NXT, and main roster for three each. 
joint third, other, so all indies, and progress with five each. Uh, GCW with six at number two, and an overwhelming winner is AEW with 12. I get the feeling that I maybe wasted that a little bit. Uh, I may have waited. Yeah. I d- if Aaron wasn't right. in this, I don't think GCW would have been as high up. <laughs> I don't think he might have played with it. would have placed, to be fair. But, I mean, not that, not that, it's, no, not that it's not good wrestling, just that mm-hmm. we don't tend to watch it because we yeah. have I, social lives. Uh, as I said, I think that like the, doing it this time was the hardest because it's just a good time to be a wrestling fan. Like, yeah, that I'm, much. I'm genuinely scared about the year-end one because I had a hard time getting this down to 20 and this is the first half of the year. So I've got to take the, I've got to take this top I, ten and another top ten. I think we're going to have to do another top, top 10. ten and then just have to merge it and do the best of. <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely scared about the year end, <laughs> the year end best of the year. Don't worry about it. I mean, we've got the GCW shows in Liverpool. What's what's going to come out of that? You know, we've got we've um, got uh, Vs Cologne two on that, haven't we? Oh my god, Aaron! I've, I've got, got to, like I've got Clash at the Castle in Cardiff, mate. We'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, oh, yeah, to, yeah. we're gonna have to That'll like we're gonna have to like hold Aaron physically, like restrain him. Like you're when... gonna have to hold me physically now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 speaking of that, speaking of, we'll, um, we'll we'll be feasting in September at the GCW shows. If anyone is coming to the GCW shows, come and say hello. Um, we can maybe watch some of our end, end of year top ten matches together. That'd be awesome. Aye. But yeah, we'll let Aaron get off and get some scrand on him because he's only a wee boy and uh, he needs to. My energy. KFC has been in the oven for twenty minutes now. Put oh, it God. in the air, put it in the air for When we were on number two. Thinking we'll be close. <laughs> Thanks for joining it. us, guys. Uh, we appreciate it. Just a quick sign up. If you don't already, do give us a follow on our social media Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, and Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. We'll catch you next time. All the best. Take care. Bye. Bye. Don't all the place. Hello, yes, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housen, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housen.